Hey, man, what's up, dude? You good to go? Hell yeah, dude. I'm ready to go. I've been thinking about this shit all week. Let's get out of here. That dude's going to be asleep for like the next eight, nine hours. Come on. Nice, dude. All right, so what's the fucking plan tonight, dude? What's the fucking plan? I got three words for you, motherfucker. Atlantic City, bitch. Let's go. That's five words of fuck it. From the makers of Pop Culture Leftovers, a new series starring Brian from Pop Culture Leftovers and Jake Harmon's beard in Jake Harmon's beard, Razor's Revenge. Prepare for a night of action. Hey, Beard, is it just me, man, or are we being followed? No, man, you're right. They've been following us, man, I think for like the past 45 minutes ever since we left fucking Cleveland. Hey, man, take a fucking left right here and then hit the fucking gas. Holy fucking shit, dude, they're fucking shooting at us, Beard. Dude, chill the fuck out, man. I always come prepared shit. You brought a fucking gun? Dude, you're gonna thank me later, you big pussy. Now shut up, buckle in, and hit the motherfucking gas. Prepare for a night of excitement. Hot damn, I love Atlantic City. Hey there, sweet tits. You wanna blow on these dice for good luck? Daddy needs some new beard balm. And the talking beard wins again. You're on a roll, sir. Bet your fucking ass I won again. They're gonna give Daddy the fucking hangover sweet in this motherfucker. Prepare yourself for a night of passion. Hey, Beard. There's a fucking tie on the door. Fucking tie on the fucking door. Come on, man. Shit. Oh, you like it when I do that, don't you? I call that one the follicle tickle, baby. Yeah. Prepare yourself for a race against time. Hey, Beard, while you were busy banging Susie fucks a lot, you forgot we got less than a fucking hour to get you home and back on Jacob Harmon's face before he wakes up and he notices you're gone. Oh, crap, man, you're right. Let's get out of here. All right, running through the yards. Oh, shit. All right, running through somebody's house. All right, okay, yeah, jumping on the trampoline, doing that thing. Here we go. Leftover Army. Stay tuned for further adventures starring Jake Harmon's beard, only available on Pop Culture Leftover. Episode 80. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture pushovers. Pop culture. Leftover. And the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Stop. 
Hammer time. There you go. That's what's up. Nice. Sliding <laughs> it all right on in. That was riveting. Um, <laughs> I was going for that smooth James Bondish one that you liked. I know, but I thought, you know, you would have practiced in the mirror like you were talking about. You know what's fucked up, though? I did because I was in the car for so many fucking hours. I turned the radio off at one point and I was trying to do it. You were practicing in the mirror in your car? No, not in the mirror. Just hollering it out in the car. Oh, I was like, he's not watching traffic. He's just looking in the rear view. No, I was I was trying to keep myself awake. That's part of it. Well, yeah, it was exciting for the listeners probably because they really missed Frank last week. So they were on the edge of their seats. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, what's he going to say? Is the hammer time drop even going to happen this episode? So <laughs> you were in the car and practicing, and that's what you came up with. That. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know what? Practice, Practice not always make perfect. Yeah, stole my line. Sorry. Stole my thunder there, Frank. <laughs> Fuck. Whatever. So keep practicing, Frank. Oh, yeah, man, I'm killing And this yeah, <laughs> no practice involved there. You're a fucking expert. Thor got a thunder. Yeah, I'm an expert. I got this table. <laughs> it's my bitch. Own that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> 50 shades of table. <laughs> gonna start flogging it next? It's got a giant hole in the middle. Why are you rubbing fucking ice all over it, Jake? <laughs> yeah, it's been bad. It's so. been bad. <laughs> Fantastic. It's only one way this can go. Get the leather cuffs. All right, we got an announcement. What's up? What's the announcement? We're taking a week off. We are taking a week off. It's your birthday coming up. It's my birthday. And so you you wouldn't be able to make it to the next show anyway. Nope. I will be in either St. Louis or Chicago. haven't decided yet. Yeah. And so we're not going to be doing an episode next week. And so we can hear the groans from the leftover army. Oh, no. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're not this show for one fucking week. What are we going to do? I need my podcast. Fuck off. Um, (laughs) And we won't let them check out other podcasts, so they're basically fucked. Who hit the goddamn table that time? That was me. That was Frank. Yep. Left me. Sorry. Hey, Frank, leave her alone. She's mine. <laughs> I don't want to have to get into a fight with you this podcast. But, yeah, you know. him and the table have already signed the contract. <laughs> That's fantastic. So the table is my submissive. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, we're going to be talking about Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're taking a week off. Taking a week off. No Frank Bryan episode. Unless nope. something something huge would have to fucking happen. It seems like it always does anytime, like, behind the scenes. Yeah. We're like, hey, guys, let's take a week off. Right. Like behind the scenes, and then it'll be like, oh, Star Wars trailer week. Or, Star oh, Wars wow. trailer drops, yeah, like, and then whatever. we got to do a fucking show. Yeah. It's like, yeah. maybe we're lucky like that. We cause it to happen. So, yeah. So, nothing happened. Everything just stay level. Yeah. <laughs> no Star Wars nothing. news. Nothing. No, no news. No Ultron news. Nothing. No Anthony Mackie news. Yeah, Good I, luck with that one. Well, you're not going to be here anyway, so it wouldn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, nothing. If it was like a Star Wars trailer, I feel like I'd have to cancel my fucking plans. That would suck. Really? To be on the show? To talk about that? We'd, we'd have to do Star Wars, right? That's like that's the only topic I can think of. Like, if they gave us two minutes of new Star Wars footage. I, no, honestly, Sir Alec Guinness himself would have to fall from the heavens back to Earth. <laughs> and say, pop culture leftovers, you are our only hope. Exactly. Nah. That's the only way I'm doing the show next yeah, week. Yeah, no, nah, we could totally make them wait for it. You know that everybody's going to want to hear us talk about it anyway. Yeah, that's true. They'll come back. Yeah, make them wait. Fuck it. Yeah, so episode 81, you're not going to hear it for two weeks after this. Ooh, I just realized I'm fucking excited. I don't have my 10-year-old next weekend. I can get good and really fucking ripped. Oh, there you go, Frank. San Diego Comic-Con drunk. (laughs) Ooh, yeah. Nice. Oh, that's exciting. That's forward to that. We're really excited for you, Frank. (laughs) 
Wow. Good to see you've got your whole weekend mapped out for you next week, Frank. <laughs> well, like, there's a little bit of backstory for Oh, thank God. I don't have my little kid here, so daddy's going to get fucking rip-ass drunk <laughs> next weekend. Well, one of Yay. them. Yay. It's one of them's here all time. Yeah. So, that makes it better. Yeah, that's Holy the younger shit. child. I am totally, like, painting myself an awesome fucking portrait, right? Jesus. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it, uh, long story made short, I mean, my, uh, my wife and I got a limited amount of time that uh, she can do any drinking, so, uh, and when I have my other kid, I mean, I only get him every once in a while, so when I have him, I want to make sure I spend time with him, you know? Yeah. I don't want to be fucking, like, partying or trying to hang out with her when he's here. Yeah. So. Can we, we just turn this whole podcast into Frank's <laughs> drinking habits. Yeah. Right. Yeah, tell us about the optimum times in the day to drink, Frank, and when kids are <laughs> present and when they're not. We'd have to, we'd have to name the show The Downward I think spiral. you should open up a fucking daycare. No. Open up a daycare and just get hammered. <laughs> hammered daycare. Would I have to split the profits with the TV because that's what would be doing the sitting? Oh, jeez. Can I, can I talk about a giant fuck up I did on the show in the <clears> last, like, week? Yeah, go ahead. Um, we were supposed to do the uh, Spider-Man three. Oh, Frank's, oh there's Frank's a giant fuck up. <laughs> Frank's fuck up of the week. There we go. Right. Could you turn that up louder? I don't think the next door neighbors heard it. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Are you good? Is it an emergency? No, not at all. all right, yeah, I just muted it. Sorry. Like breaking news audio there. <laughs> 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 that was his one week reminder that next week he's going to get rip ass drunk. <laughs> you have X on my Counting down the days. <laughs> oh, you're killing no me. fucking boy. Crazy. But anyway, last night we were supposed to do our Spider Man 3 live tweet. And, and uh, <laughs> did not happen. Gafford had texted me a few days earlier yeah. that he, it was like he had birthday tickets for a hockey game and it yeah. was the Star Wars night thing and everything. So right. he, he couldn't make it. I thought it was supposed to be the 28th. No, it was. It's the last Saturday of every month is when it's supposed to be. Let the man tell his story. Okay, sorry. You can talk about that later. All right. So it was supposed to be last night. Um, me and Gafford will figure out when we'll reschedule it. Right. We'll keep everything on schedule and just fit Spider Man three in somewhere. Mm. And I didn't. I was supposed to announce it last week on the show anyway to get people prepped for it, and I didn't even do that. So right. It's almost a good thing Gafford had the hockey tickets we can just uh, adjust and actually let people know about it a little bit better beforehand so yeah any of you that were wondering where the spider-man 3 tweet was was anybody <laughs> tweeting about it i, I haven't looked at it. I, I i didn't supply the hashtag or anything yet so right i feel like they wouldn't have known like how to yeah. get in on it with us so right but we'll get that going so mm-hmm. don't sweat it people out there that are wanting that spider-man 3 tweet we're gonna get that shit going you no know? show next week no spider-man life tweet I know. wow we are just underachievers yeah <laughs> i'm excited for that though because i know spider-man 3 is pretty polarizing like a lot of people really love it a lot of people really hate it i know fucking ryan drost always gives me a ton of shit for as much as i love spider-man 3 yeah so i get into it with him all the time about it right i will defend that movie to my death i love it so yeah that'll be fun we'll get that going i promise y'all we'll be talking about another sam raimi property a little bit later oh that's exciting yeah cool how's everybody's week frank we didn't get to hear from you last week oh god was last week a rip-ass drunk week for you no 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 i had to go take care of my sister because she had uh knee surgery oh okay and didn't have anybody who could help her that was close Mm -hmm. so i had to like kind of last minute drive 13 hours from central illinois to hershey pennsylvania Mm -hmm. by myself uh all in one shot i stayed in hershey pennsylvania did you at the hershey hotel gotcha yeah gotcha (laughs) fuck 
Was Stop that a, saying gasher. Jesus Christ. Was that a metaphor? Huh? Was what? That, <laughs> that, what? All the stuff you just said, you stayed in Hershey, Pennsylvania at the... No, they have, like, the no, road, <laughs> the road that is in front of my sister's house is uh, Chocolate Avenue. Oh. It's it's all, like... What are you saying? Like, it. I went to Pennsylvania <laughs> and I shit my pants? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you were saying. Yeah. I was like, whoa, what really happened here? Yeah. Fucking crazy-ass bowel movements. <laughs> <laughs> they just named the whole town Hershey. <laughs> the squirt. After, we've, after we've that. We've all been there, man. I mean, I wasn't trying to say anything. Right. Yeah. I was just dropping ass and dropping loads. <laughs> in my pants the whole fucking time I was up there. No, I stayed in the Hershey Hotel when I was a kid. And uh, I was like, oh, wow, I'm in the city. And I, like, lifted open the window, heard gunshots and shit. Okay, lowering that window back down. But they would have, like, these huge, like, uh, Hershey Kisses on the pillow. Like, you know, you get mints on the pillow. Yeah. Yeah. But this is before, like, they made those Hershey Kisses, those huge ones available to the public. Oh, wow. And so it was the first time I'd seen one of those huge kisses. And they put, like, you know, those on your pillow. And we did like a tour of the factory and shit like that, and got to see how the chocolates were made and stuff. And that, that'd be neat. Were there Oompa and I Loompas? shit myself during that whole tour. <laughs> did midgets like Oompa Loompas sing songs and stuff? Uh, you know what, Jake? Yeah. yeah, we have a lot of little people that listen to this program. Oh man, I'm terrible. And you've offended them all. What one is, of what us, is the proper terminology? Oopal gobble. Huh? Is it us. little people? Is that what I should say? I'm like the. Benedict Cumberbatch, of fucking yeah. little people here. It's little. It's they're called little people or a little person. With my outdated terminology yeah. of, of little people, I apologize. Yeah, that's not your fault that they are born freaks, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just said it. Oh my god. Oh my god. Holy shit. Oh my hear, god. Did you hear this week about um, speaking of like little people and uh-huh. freaks? Um, the person that plays Meep on American Horror Story Freak Show uh-huh. got hit by someone's rearview min- window in the face. Oh, really? And it's like in critical condition and everything and in the hospital and everything. If you know which character I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. The the one that dressed up like a chicken or something and would meep, meep, just make that weird noise or whatever. Yeah, the car like smacked him. I guess it was not a hit and run that the person like actually like stopped as soon as it happened but that they hit him like super high speed and oh wow terrible that sucks speed. yeah so more downer stuff right yeah <laughs> all right shows off to a great start i know right no spider-man tweet no show next week meep that was die. not me yeah that was you me. banging the table you banging the table <laughs> right here in front of us yeah i hit it with my red bull there uh, so, okay, Frank, you're you're in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and blah blah blah. Yeah, just taking care of my sister, and like I, I tried to catch up on some listening to podcasts and stuff like that on uh, the way there, doing some Spotify. I will say this though, like if you are somebody that's doing a podcast, like uh, I mean, I don't run the show or nothing. I don't know how to say it really, but like. Uh, I know I cackle, I'm loud, but I at least yeah. try to, like, you'd have to see me. I throw my head back to try to get my mouth away from the microphone. Mm-hmm. Like, watch your levels, guys, because, like, if you got one guy that's blowing the doors off and another dude that's so quiet, you got to try to turn your speakers up to listen to it. Sometimes it makes it almost unlistenable, regardless of the content. Yeah. <clears throat> I just, the more you know, Star, just, like, blew <laughs> over your head there. I was, dun, 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 dun. I was thinking Frank's being like pod on pod over here. Like, no, I'm I'm definitely not. We have call him no out. place to like critique I other know, podcasts. No, well, I mean, I guess it's just something to like to look out for. You know what I mean? Like, it's a podcast that I wouldn't mind listening to. People that but... make podcasts don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> 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 Excuse me. People that make good podcasts don't listen to this podcast. Hey, come on now. We and got... that was Frank's podcast tip of the week. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it was annoying. It was some. Stuff you know, I've computer. never put together a podcast. I've <laughs> never edited a podcast. I've never done levels on a podcast. But, but I listen to podcasts. But I listen to them. Yeah. Well, if I can't, if I can't hear it because dude's yelling so loud, he's killing me. I can't even hear what he's saying. Yeah, and if your podcast sounds like shit, you should fix that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. Is that like number nine on the list? <laughs> if your podcast sounds yeah. like shit. Ten ways to fix your podcast. Number nine. If your podcast sounds like shit, fix that shit. <laughs> if I can't hear a guy very well, fix that shit. Fix that shit. <laughs> yeah, if I got to turn my volume all the way up, fix that shit. Is that like on the Yahoo you know, you pull up Yahoo. Ten ways to fix your podcast. Well, no, I mean, I know you do a good job because I'm a loud motherfucker, but I I don't think I blow people's doors off that much. <laughs> okay, let me get out of this. Let me get out of this. <laughs> we're, we're, I can see the emails now. You guys sound like shit. Frank's always so loud. Like, we can barely hear Jake. Brian goes in and out. How dare you critique other people's podcasts? Well. It's not us. It's Frank. <laughs> All right. It's like the thing where they say those who can't coach or yeah. whatever. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, you really don't have any place to speak. <laughs> no, I've, I've never actually put together a podcast, but there's one thing I do know. <laughs> if you can't hear it, you need to fix it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm re- I'm re- I regurgitated the same thing again, but I couldn't help myself. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I didn't know we were going to get this week out of me. <laughs> uh, it's like mm. it's been pent up. We, you didn't need to tell us that, Frank. We know. <laughs> it's, a, it's just a regular expectation. <laughs> One of our podcast rules is we, yeah. ne- we never know what we're going to get each week with Frank. <laughs> In our top, so I'm like, like, like he's like, like he's like he's acting like he just like solved cold fusion. Like he's listening to something and he's like, you know what? I can't hear that other person. I wonder if this bothers other people. <laughs> no, like everybody else out there is like, oh yeah, I love. I love the choir guy, the guy I can't hear. I love this. Topic. I love adjusting the volume on the dial when this motherfucker starts talking. It's a random observation. Frank's like the Sherlock Holmes of podcasting. He figures it out. He figures out their problem. Yeah, it's that they're they're having audio issues and you can't hear them very well. What what other random things do you hate, Frank? Are you like me? Do you hate it when when do you hate it when like uh, I don't know a house is on fire and a family is trapped in the blaze? Do you, is that horrible? Yeah, yeah. I think that's bad too. I, you know what? It's good to get this feeling out. You know, it's good to it's good to talk about these things. I don't like that too when I don't people like are when I get burned, burned alive fire. when fire burns me. Yeah, that makes me upset. Yeah, like stovetops. When a stovetop is hot and you touch it, and you know what? That's, that fucking shit hurts. And when I was a crazy-ass kid, we played a game called the Stovetop Game, where we would turn uh-huh. the stove on, and then everyone, there'd be like a group of like six of us, and you'd all take turns in a row touching the stove as it heated up. And it was like the last person standing that could keep touching it. Oh, fuck like, no we'd like bet Whoever gets third-degree burns <laughs> loses. Whoever goes to the ER <laughs> loses. We bet like two cigarettes or whatever. Right. And it was ridiculous. And everyone would just, like, it was like a two-finger quick tap, you know? Yeah. Oh, so, fuck. Sounds that. like a fun game. No. 
Yeah, and one thing about that game you need to fix though is when you got <laughs> when you got burned and hurt. How do you package that game? Is it just a big fucking stove? Yeah. <laughs> it's a stove. It's an easy bake oven, except like a little modified, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Must have IQ under this far to play. Yeah, I should TM that shit. I don't want Milton Bradley stealing I know. stove games. Yeah, from me. kids burning themselves and shit. <laughs> yeah, we're Great. Gonna we're gonna be in some lawsuit. <laughs> Pop culture you leftovers. Try this at home yeah. versus the state or whatever. Oh fuck! There's gonna be YouTube videos. <laughs> People oh, yeah. playing this game. No. Oh yeah, I can't wait. I want to see a YouTube video of someone playing the stove. Game. I like the original name you gave it, the stove game. Yeah, how did you ever think of that? Yeah, we had a big round Who's table. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, now before we play it, we got to come up with a clever name. We had a two-hour name round table, and at the end, the stove game won out. The stove, the stove game. game. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It was a good one. Brilliant. Can't wait for Hasbro to put this game out. Exactly. Do they put out board games? Who puts out the board games? I'm Milton, Bradley. Milton Bradley. Milton Bradley. When we were kids, there was also the Parker Brothers. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, the Parker Brothers. I think. And other than yeah. that, I can't think of another big one. So Hasbro, I think you're right about that. I don't know if they put out games or not. They made action figures. Yeah, I think they put. I think they put out games too. I could be wrong. I don't fucking. Don't you hate it when you pull the arms off your action figures, Frank? <laughs> it may that, break. Yeah, it just sucks. <laughs> they gotta fix they that, that shit. <laughs> all my all my original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I like ripped the heads off of them. Okay, and then I realized you couldn't put them back on. Yeah, because they had that little rubbery thing yeah. in there. Yeah, so I had a bunch of decapitated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with no arms and shit. I found that. I ripped their arms man. off too. I did that with a few of my GI Joes with the rubber yeah. bands. I didn't realize if I like ripped their limbs off because they were connected with the rubber bands. I was yeah. essentially breaking them. Yeah. So, wah, wah. Yeah. So Flint was running around <laughs> yeah. as a paraplegic or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know what? When I was a kid, I always think this is hilarious. I had like tons of uh, Star Wars action figures, and I was too young like to like really grasp who some of the people were. Mm-hmm. And one of those people was Dengar. You know which character I'm referring to? I'm not familiar. He's one of the uh, bounty hunters that shows up in the Empire. Oh, Strikes okay. Back is he team. the is he the reptilian looking guy? Yeah, that's Bosk. Okay. Uh, Dengar's the one that has like the backpack and the white like stuff like bandages wrapped around his head. Or oh, whatever. yeah. Well, the action figure just looked like a bandaged up dude. And I always used Dengar, Dengar as my wounded rebel action figure. <laughs> like, he was the one that everyone was trying to tend for and everything. And I was, it cracks me up because he's like one of the deadliest bounty hunters. And he was just always my, like. You know why he was bandaged up, right? No, I. He I, was playing the stove game. <laughs> and it just got a little out of hand. Nice, yeah. nice, nice callback. Yeah, callback. Whoa. That's comedy brilliance right there. I remember when uh, the big thing with like the He-Man was the battle damage thing on their chest. Oh, I remember like, that you could too. tap it, hit and it, and then it would roll, and then they'd, yeah. 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 Like, don't act, don't, you don't have to actually break your shit. You can pretend to break it. Here, go. So yeah, I can never take Dengar seriously. So if, if we ever like see the Boba Fett bounty hunters movie, it's always going to make like no matter how old I am, I'm always going to be like laughing when I see Dengar again, right? Because he's even like in the movie, he looks like the wounded rebel to me still kind of. <laughs> like, he's like a, Jake has this whole side story for this guy. He's like the one of the lamest. He's the lamest of all the bounty hunters. That's for sure. Right. I got no love for fucking Dengar. So he was. He, you didn't even think of him as like a mummy. He was just a bandaged guy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Let right. Me, let me let me Google. Who, so people they were just taking care of this guy. Like my action figure. Yeah. Like he was just always the one injured, and they had to make sure like he didn't die. All the time. All the time with this fucking guy. Why do they even have him sticking well, around? All the time. Just like one action figure would just be off to the side taking right. care of him and okay. everything. I was, all the, no, but they're always taking care of this guy. 
Like, he's never healthy. No, yeah, he's, he's never always healthy. fucked he up. He never gets better. Yeah, he's always healthy. I, you know what? He's dead weight. <laughs> I'd say, you know what? Fuck Dengar. You're dead gar. And I'd just toss him, <laughs> I'd just toss him in a Sarlacc pit and just be like, I'm done with this motherfucker. I don't have a full team because somebody's always tending to this guy's wounds. Yeah, and I had the Sarlacc pit too. I should have thought of that. There, there, there he is with mm-hmm. his bandaged up head and everything. But the action figures back in the day, like it was just the whole body was like white and bandaged up. It just looks like a guy in a full body cast or something. Yeah, right. Look at there. He's like even like comic book version. <laughs> he still looks like he's like some wounded guy. Right. right. By far the lamest bounty hunter of all time. Like, does any does anyone want the adventures of Dengar? Like, are they going to get some huge actor playing Dengar in some of these upcoming movies? Ask Frank. Frank, have you been wanting that? <laughs> I have no idea. Do you remember you want the pictures of Dengar? Holy shit. No, I've never seen that. Wow. Dude, he does look like he's bandaged up. <laughs> Who would you have do that? What now? Who would you have play him? I, I don't know. I'm joking about there being oh. even a movie. The sweet one's like IG-88. Like, that's the badass. You know which one I'm talking about? IG-88. That's the, the skinny Oh, yeah, robot. yeah, 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 yeah. That's the fucking badass yeah. right there. Yeah. So more IG-88, less Dengar. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, we had an email contest. Yeah, it was a contest. How are we going to do this? I don't know. This is going to suck. We're going to have to pick between one of these emails and disappoint all these other people. Okay. Like, that's going to be a big bummer, right? Debbie Downer music. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about, like, okay, I don't know. Um, I appreciate everybody doing these. That's awesome. People took time out and they actually made these. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know. how you want me to play them all? How are we going to do this? Oh, like, as far as, you, like, play them all in a row and then we talk about them? Yeah. Or do each one individually and talk about them? We can do it, yeah, let's do them individually and talk about them, yes. I guess. And then... Uh, I don't know. Hold on. Let me. I'm gonna pause real quick. Okay. Okay. We're back. We're gonna play these uh, these emails, email bumpers. We how had many, a contest. What? How many we got? Seven. Nice. Seven. So yeah, we had a contest. Uh, we read emails every week on the show. We wanted our uh, listeners to record an email bumper because we have email. We have bumpers for other segments. So we thought we'd let our listeners do the email bumper because you guys are the ones that send the emails. So here are the email bumpers. The first one is sent to us from Ryan Mears. Let's hear this. This asshole is going to read our email. Oh, my. (laughs) I love the Metal Gear opening sound. Yeah? Yeah, that's good stuff. The rest of it? Yeah, it's good. I like it. (laughs) Okay. All right. Frank? I don't really have anything to base it off of yet. So maybe if I hear others, I'll be able to form a more proper opinion. Frank's like, maybe if I can hear a shittier one than that, then I'll be able to kind of kind of compare, you know. What do you say this asshole is going to read our emails? Right. That's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. I like it. It makes me laugh. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's okay. I'll taste it. It's I'm, okay. It's young Murph. Total young Murph. All right. Here we go. Young Here's Murph won a fucking tuppy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she wanted t- the tuppy for you. Well, what if all the others are worse than that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Frank really loved this, Ryan. Here, so I'm telling you. you can tell. No, it's a downward spiral from here. <laughs> See, then in which case the young Murph would be the winner. That one, it had pretty good production. I'll give it that. It was, you know. 
<laughs> let's hear. Let's hear. I bet. I bet they all don't have as good a production. And I, I've never made a bumper, so I ain't got no room to talk. Just like making a podcast. Yeah, Frank. Frank has advice on bumpers. If, yeah, if you can't hear what you're saying very well, it's not very good. You got to fix that. <laughs> this one comes from uh, Dan West and Tom West. Here's their uh, email submission. Hi there. Send your concerns to Brian, Jake, and that drunk guy, Frank. He's been around in my house, sanding the floor and my face. Believe it, it hurts. They like getting your emails, even if they laugh at some of them. I gotta bust some moves. There's little blue men at my window. It's an ambush. That's good. Like a Christopher Walken impression mm-hmm. set to an Alfred Hitchcock theme is what it sounds yeah. like going on there. Yeah. That's good. Not bad. Yeah. It's That's, almost too classy for the email drop. Yeah. It sounds more like a commercial to get people to send their emails in than it does to like an intro to the segment. Though. Yeah. If right. I, if I was going to if I was gonna be like the Simon of American Idol here and, and like have something negative to say about it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because I, I agree because then... Like when we talk about where to send the emails and stuff, you drop that in as opposed to the drop coming right before. It also had very good production, though. Yeah, yeah. I Tupperware the production value, but for an email drop, let's taste it. All right. A little long. All right. Next one comes from uh, Jared Gafford, and here's his submission. Mail. Ah, leftovers of the universe. <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that. I like yeah. it. The, yeah. the, can't go wrong with Flash, Flash Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I like that one. Leftovers of the universe. How's it go? You'll save every one of us. <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking of Ted. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Coked out of his mind. <laughs> All right. Larry Madey sends uh, his submission. All from the leftover army. I feel like that one has to be terrifying to you, Brian, somehow. (laughs) 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 That one's like a horror movie, right? Yeah. Not, it not, sounds like the good beginning to a pop culture leftovers themed song. Maybe yeah. not for an email drop though. It was interesting, yeah. Yeah. It was like we were all being like attacked by those things though. Ah Facebook yeah. post. Email, ah email, tweet. Email, ah email. email. Ah Facebook post. Welcome ah, to my tweet. world. <laughs> ah email. Ah Facebook post. Ah tweet. Alright. Here's one from Matt Smith. Hi there, Daniel Cudmore, an actor. <laughs> you know your damn role and shut your damn mouth. Man, fuck that guy. This is emails. I mean, seriously, who does he think he is? Brandon Ralph. Money woman led the charge. Cyborg showed you a video. He emailed it to me. Release the emails left the army. 
But this is Pop Culture Leftovers Email Segment. Yeah, that one was a little hard to hear. Yeah. I, I think um, they need to take the frank advice. <laughs> they, 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 they need to fix that. I had a hard time <laughs> understanding what the voice was saying in that <clears> one. So. I like the first part of it, just you know, on its own for something else. I do like the I do like the music. I do like like for a second it sounded like it was um was it Soundwave talking for a second? Uh, was I didn't get that. Right? There's a know. weird cut in there, like right in the middle of something cool talking, there was like this weird cut. Hmm. So, yeah, I didn't. Not a fan of that one. <laughs> <laughs> I toss it. Okay, uh, this one comes from Dennis the Sparrow. Eventually, there we go. Mail, motherfucker. Mail, motherfucker. Mail, motherfucker. Mail, motherfucker. All right, there we go. Mail, motherfucker. I can kind of get into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> short, sweet, and simple. I kind of like that. One. I'm kind of subscribing to that one. I can kind of get into that. <laughs> Mail, motherfucker. Mail, motherfucker. Let me hear it one more time. Play that one again. Mail, motherfucker. Mail, motherfucker. Mail, motherfucker. I really like that one. That's, yeah. a, that's a goodie. Yeah, yeah, the more I hear it, the better it gets. Good job. Who, who did the one before um, Dennis that I shit all over? Uh, Larry Midday. Larry Midday. Jesus, Larry Midday. That one's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you had to clarify who did it he, so you can just call the, him up. He wins the Razzie of, of these emails. Is there more? Does he, is, is there a chance that he could not win the Razzie? Uh, yeah, there's uh, Finn Deets Creek. Okay, Finn. Here's, here's Finn's. You've got mail. From the leftover not too bad yeah not not enough not enough talking in that one yeah. it, it, it's okay but i mean it didn't do anything to grab my attention yeah i love that theme but it's such a classic theme that you easily could have said whatever you wanted to say over it and it wouldn't have taken anything away from that theme right so yeah. not terrible though not not larry Maday bad <laughs> 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 right. then, there goes that iTunes review he was gonna write. <laughs> oh, I I, I, lo- I love you, Larry. I'm just giving you shit. So it's all real. You all yeah. sent it in. We gotta judge it. All right, who's the fucking winner? Who is the winner? Man, what? I really liked uh, fucking Dennis Dennis's. That, yeah. one, that one's really good to me. Yeah, male motherfucker. I like Dennis's and I like Gafford's. Yeah, Gafford's yeah. is really good too. <clears throat> Gafford's is the Flash Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah, I like those, too. Oh, it's a tough choice. I don't know. I think we should, like, like breed them. What? <laughs> breed them. Should we, like, create our own creation using them? No. Okay. Yeah, because the thing I like about... Uh, <laughs> Male, motherfucker. Ah, <laughs> motherfuckers of the universe. <laughs> ah, Male, motherfucker. No, Frank, it's not working for me, Chief. Sorry. Okay. The thing I like about the male motherfucker is that it's short and sweet, and it is what it is, you know? Oh, man, I don't know. I don't That's know. my vote. I, I like male motherfucker. Yeah, I think my vote's male motherfucker, too. All right, I'm going to go with Gafford, so I'm outvoted. I'm sorry, Gafford. 
We still love you. We still love them all except for Madeis. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I'm, I'm, you know. Hey, no, if, let I, me, can, let me hear if I can come in and take it week after week, this dude's got to be able to take it once. Let me hear Madeis again. Can I do that? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So we can shit on it twice. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. Hold on. I'll turn the volume up on this one, too. Maybe I was wrong. Let me turn the volume all the way up. All from the leftover army. Yeah, and the the ticking clock noise. I want to get a restraining order for this. It makes it like extra claustrophobic with that ticking clock noise in it. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. Can you hear that? You're only getting it in the one ear, so it's not oh, like... Man. Do, 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 no, do, it's do, not do, as do. bad for me. Oh, wow, that's crazy. <clears throat> crazy bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so male motherfucker Dennis Aspero wins. Yeah, let's hear it one more time for the winner. All right, one more time for the winner. Male motherfucker. All right, here we go. Male motherfucker. Male motherfucker. Male motherfucker. Male motherfucker. That's what time it is, too, isn't it? Sorry, Gafford, I was outvoted. Oh, sorry, Gafford, but maybe we could uh, switch it up every now and again. Dude, it's like Highlander. They can be only one. Yeah, only one. I think every now and again we could use maybe Gaffords or one of the other ones that were, that were as long as we don't use Midays. <laughs> okay, it's got to be asked. Midays, uh, Submission, or Man of Steel? Oh, which do I like better? <laughs> yeah, or hate less. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I hate Man of Steel more because the submission was only like less than 30 seconds. <laughs> so it didn't drag you out as long? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to read emails from the Leftover Army. Uh, let's see here. We got an email from Michael C. Smith. He says, hi, Leftovers and Frank. I admit, when I first listened to the show, I was a bit put off by the profanity, but then I realized, shit, I am a Gen Xer from the North East. All I do is swear. It just sounds different when you hear it from the other end over the earphones, but it's all good. Anyway, my questions and comments are, I got the Marvel Star Wars number one with the blank cover and had Carrie Fisher sign it and commissioned artwork from Jamie Tyndall. He told me that he doesn't usually do Star Wars art. But I liked the female artwork and decided to go for it. But thought the turnaround was a bit long, three months. So I was just wondering what you all thought of this choice. Is that normal for a turnaround? Do you all have a favorite Star Wars artist? Hmm. Um, second part of that question, I know this is going to just sound like everybody else's answer, but I love Alex Ross covers. So... I love him doing Star Wars. Oh, yeah. yeah I couldn't agree and I know with you more. Everybody's thinking, oh, yeah, Alex Ross. But, yeah, that's my guy. Currently, from the stuff we've seen, I'm a huge um, J. Scott Campbell fan. And he has a um, trifold, gatefold variant cover of um, Star Wars number one, Darth Vader number one, and Princess Leia number one that all three connect to make one big image that's just gorgeous, in my opinion. It's the best piece of... Uh, modern Marvel Star Wars art I've seen yet. Nice. Who's doing the actual artwork for the the, the mainstream Star Wars comic? Uh, John Cassidy, I believe his Cassidy, name is. Cassidy, Cassidy. That, that'd be mine. 
Yeah. B- because everything just it looks so well drawn according to like Harrison Ford and uh Mark Hamill. They look they look just alike. Yeah. And then as far as the turnaround, are we gonna talk about that real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Um yeah, three months. I mean that's it's to each his own. I mean, I, I've heard of stuff like that. I've heard of stuff actually taking longer. It just all depends on what these guys, how busy they are, you know? Right. So, yeah, I would be, if that's who you want, I would do it. Especially if he's going to do it for you and he says he doesn't normally do Star Wars. Shit, man, wait the three months. You'll just be that much more excited when you get it back after three months and you see that thing. Right. So, I say go for it. Yeah. Uh, he says also, Frank, who are you kidding? If you saw an exact replica robot of Scarlett Johansson, you would hit that for sure. If you were single, of course. I don't robot, know, man. Robot sex. I don't know. It's just a weird thing. I mean, it's, it's not. I mean, does this thing like? Is it animated? Does it like pretend to be Scarlett? Is that what it's going to take for you to fuck this robot? If it seems like a human, yes, it's animated, Frank. Are you going to fuck it? Yes, I would do. Okay, that. all right. If I were single. Jeez, it's like you got to weigh the pros and cons of like, should I fuck a Scarlett Johansson well, robot fucking, or not? No, they got those fucking real dolls, man, and I'm not going to fuck one of those. Nice, nice. So this guy got Frank to break on the whole sex robot thing with the ScarJo robot. If, if it looks like an exact fucking replica and it's like programmed to act like a human, yeah, I'd fuck it. The ScarJobot. <laughs> ScarJobot. Yeah. <laughs> the Jobot. Yeah, that's nice. All right. He says, love the show, guys. See ya, Mike. From Salt Lake City. So thank you, Mike, for the email. Yeah, great email, Mike. All right, so uh, let's see here. We've got another email, uh, and it's coming from our buddy Cameron Wilson. He says, Dear Leftovers and Frank, no more long ones. Good show. Spider-Man in MCU is exciting. I like pop culture stuff. Keep it up. Nice. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. The shortest Cameron Wilson email ever. Wow. I bet that was hard. For him? For him. A lot of restraint. A lot of restraint. Yeah. Yeah, but shout out to the uh, focus of it all. Great email. Yeah, <laughs> that's the best email I've ever gotten. It's my favorite email ever, honestly. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, great email. We're excited, too. Couldn't be right. more excited. Yeah, I can't wait to get that hate mail from Larry Midday next week. That would <laughs> oh, be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Larry Midday can bring it. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll argue with him. I think we lost a subscriber there. No, I don't think so. Yeah, he's gone. No. Say goodbye to Larry. Bye, Larry. I'm sure he's not the first. Oh, no. People drop off all the time. Yeah, well, we wanted to play an intro for the emails that's not annoying. And, like, that, that intro would have lost us more listeners than losing Larry Midday. So it's a sacrifice <laughs> for the greater good, you know what I'm so saying? So if you're right. still listening at this point, yeah, we're still shitting on it. If we're playing that <laughs> if we're playing that before we read emails every week, Larry Midday's opening, we're losing listeners like every time. We're never gaining another new well, listener. I think of it this way. It's a forty five <laughs> second long email bumper. People are gonna be hitting the fifteen second fast forward three times. <laughs> oh yeah. So Yeah, they're smart though. Sometimes when you're driving, you can't fuck around with the, you know. Yeah, with the dust. 15 seconds, so you're forced to listen to Larry Midday's shitty email thing. So. Yeah, exactly. You're like, ah, fuck. <laughs> Sorry, Larry. I gotta be the responsible now driver. I'm, now, I'm, now I'm trashing it. <laughs> He's to- totally making the most of the use of his time, though. Started off as 45 seconds of crap, and now we've been talking about it for 15 minutes. Yeah, so. Well, yeah, he gave us that. I hope we don't lose Larry. 
We lost Larry. <laughs> He's not listening now. Yeah. So long, Larry. That's that's going to be the title of this episode. So long, Larry. So long, Larry. Look me up, Larry. I'll, I'll debate it with you. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's move on to good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. All right, Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week or weeks that we watched uh, or read that we either liked or disliked. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening to the show, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, so am I the only one with Good Pop, Bad Pop this week? Yes, you were the only one. I um, It was my last week before vacation, so I had a lot of fucking work to do to get ready to have the week off. Didn't really get caught up on much. Um, well, I, About the only thing I watched was the SNL special, and I wanted to wait till uh, you guys watched it too so I could talk about it with you. So we'll get that when we come back for 81. Okay. I got like a real short and sweet one for you that you'd like. Do it. Uh, Zazi Nambis on YouTube makes uh, homemade Lego creations of different weapons from video games, and they're highly detailed. Check it out. Badass. Good, good shit. Zazi Nambis. Just that, replace the N and the Z. That's awesome. I saw some really cool Lego news earlier today also. You know that lego creations thing where you can submit whatever you want we've seen all the expansion stuff and the doctor right. stuff and everything well someone submitted a uh, invader zim lego set that looked really amazing that i hope gets the gets enough votes it was up to like a thousand votes and it needs ten thousand votes to get reviewed by the lego board so shit everyone go online and vote for that invader zim so we can get some invader zim legos cool. that'll get them about three votes <laughs> oh that uh that uh, exploding kittens game Broke the uh, record for Kickstarter. They raised over eight and a half million dollars. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Right. So that happened. So yeah, there we go. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm uh, me. I'm just going to talk about some TV shows that I've caught up on. Um, caught up on American Horror Story. Finished it. Nice. And uh, I loved it. It was really good. It got better. It got a lot better. It yeah. got a lot better. I mean, I, I really liked it. Um, they paid homage to the movie Freaks, that mm-hmm. 1930s movie, in the penultimate episode. And that was really cool to see them do that. They took scenes from, like, the climactic scene at the end of that movie and then just put it into American Horror Story, which is pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. So, yeah, I have not finished that. I've, I've got five episodes on the DVR still. Uh, caught up on uh, 12 Monkeys. Almost, <clears throat> excuse me, almost caught up on 12 Monkeys. Um... I'm watching the last episode that just aired on Friday and still loving this show. So fucking good. Um, this last episode, something changed from the past. And so now in the future, the future has changed. It's an alternate future. But what changed was very important and should, it actually made the, uh, outbreak happened a year sooner. So, I mean, things are worse for these people now because now it's a year, the outbreak happened a year sooner, so there's less supplies, there's less power, less survivors, 
and it's even worse for everybody. So it, that it's really awesome. So watch Twelve Monkeys on Sci Fi. How many episodes in is that now? Six, six, seven, six, seven. Um, yeah, we'll be hearing that from you next week when I talk about it. How many episodes were eight and Jake still hasn't watched it? You just watch the pilot. Just watch the pilot. All right, all right. What? I'm trying to get my dad to watch it, too, and he's, like, you know, dragging his feet on it. And it's like, it's a good show. Watch it. It's fucking awesome. Uh, caught up on Gotham. Um, they're throwing a lot out at us. But I still like it. It's still really good. Um, we got our Joker appearance. Yeah. How was that? Uh, people are loving it. I think it was okay. I, I didn't think it was horrible. Um, the actor that plays him is, it's an, he's an interesting choice. Um, I'm hearing, I heard, the, you saw the turn happen and when he, when he became kind of Joker-esque and you saw the turn happen like right in front of you and his voice changed and you watched it. And I heard a little bit of Heath Ledger in there. Other people are saying that they heard Nicholson in there, too. Other people saying that I think somebody said that they heard Mark Hamill in there. Um, I don't know. It, it All at once? Yeah. That's a lot. Those D- are three completely different styles, though. And um, it's just I'm just comparing his character to what Robin Lord Taylor is doing with Penguin. And... I haven't seen enough of it, so it's a freeze it for me right now. I haven't seen enough of what this guy can do. I'm interested to see more, but um, it didn't blow me away. But it didn't. It didn't like I wasn't like throwing the remote and being like, "What the fuck? This is stupid." Either. So if I made you unfreeze it, you'd taste it. Sounds like. No, you're right. In the, you're not this right. could be a toss. It, Jake. I mean, oh. it, it wasn't enough for me to even rate it. Okay, not much. Then how much do you get in time? Like. Mm, I mean, of him acting like the Joker? Yeah. Basically, it's just like a... I'm talking about, like, uh, a few minutes. Okay. Um, the rest of the time, he's this... Just a normal... Uh, not a normal kid. I mean, he's being raised by carnies, and his mother's a whore. And so, I mean, you know, he's got... But but he seems like he's fine with it. Like, he's fine with his life and everything. And then um, you see the switch happen because of... He gets called out on some bullshit, something that uh, I won't. I won't. No spoilers. Yeah. But um, you know, you see the switch, and, and, and like I said, like I can't, I can't judge it because it's it's not enough. It's not enough for me to go on to see how he's going to take this character. Okay. You know, I can accept it. Um, you're going to have to. That's all I got. Yeah. That's all I got. You saw the flying Graysons, huh. so I love that. And um, the dumbest thing in it was. That episode was, there was a dead woman, and she owned, and I won't spoil who that was, but there was a dead woman, and she she owned a snake, uh-huh. and Gordon's there, and they're looking for the woman, they don't, you know, uh, they don't know where she's at, she's been missing, Gordon says, let the snake out of the cage. What? It's a big, huge, like... Python. This thing's gigantic. I can't even tell you how many like feet long this thing is. It's just huge. Let's the snake out, and the snake starts crawling around, and then the 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 fucking snake finds the body. Hmm. <laughs> how, why? I don't. Need, that makes no sense. They, he tried to play it off later that snakes have a an amazing sense of smell because of their tongue, and it found its owner or something like that, and. 
it was just the dumbest thing that led to a body ever. Oh, let the snake... Yeah, that would be my first thing. Like, let the snake out to find the body. I thought maybe Gordon was a parcel mouth. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he was talking to the snake. So was it like fucking Lassie, or did it try to eat it? Hmm? Did it try to eat the body? That was your next question. I didn't see the episode. If his, his idea is to let the snake out of the cage to find it. He just wanted the snake to be able to find the body. Well, right, but it's not a fucking dog. It's not going to love on the owner. Was yes. it going to get Yes, it? there was a, there was a five-minute-long scene where we watched <laughs> the snake choke down the fucking dead body, Frank. Oh, that sounds disturbing. Yeah, <laughs> so that happened. Um, Fish Mooney... Died? No. Fish Mooney, it's so weird, her character. Like... I can understand, like, okay, because, like, we don't know how she came into power, Uh okay? We find her lose her power, and then they show her her rise to power, almost. I mean, she's she's gaining momentum and getting power back in the underworld of Gotham or wherever she is. I don't know where she's at. Nobody really knows right now where she's being held captive. But um, basically, like, she's being held captive, and there's all these, like, it's like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like a prison mm-hmm. and they've got it set up like a structure. Like there's this one guy in charge and he's in charge of this whole group of them that are being held captive. And she's like, Oh, who's in charge? And they're like, ah, this guy. And she's like, how did you get to be in charge? And he's like, Oh, because I'm the only guy down here who has a blade. He's got a knife. So how does she become in charge? She steals the knife from him and stabs him. So now she's in charge because she has a knife. That's their workaround to make her powerful down there, is that all she has to do is get a knife. And now she's powerful. I wasn't buying it. I wasn't buying it. Like, that's the only... And they have to work around that stuff. They could have found a more innovative, interesting way to to have her rise to power. They just need to kill that character off, in my opinion. She should have been manip- manipulating people mm-hmm. to come to power. Not, oh, you just steal a knife from somebody? <laughs> just a physical act, and that's all it takes. That's all it takes. Now she's in charge. She's got a knife. Yeah, that's sloppy writing. But once she is in charge, I don't have a problem with her now. I mean, she's actually she actually had a pretty good performance in the last part of that episode. It's just like them trying to explain how she gets power was kind of bullshit to me. Mm-hmm. All she needs is a knife. <laughs> so I thought that was lame. And, Sounds uh, it. Flash... We finally got a fully realized firestorm. Oh, wow. And it was amazing. Anyone notable playing Firestorm? Robbie Amell. Um, and then the, well, I mean, Firestorm's comprised of two people that merge into one person. Yeah. And it, that's Firestorm. It's Robbie Amell who was in the Tomorrow People, and he, um, uh, let's see, is uh, Stephen Amell's cousin. Yeah, I was just getting ready to ask if they were related with the same name. And, um, yeah, he's playing um, uh, Ronnie. And then the other guy is the guy who played um, the guy who designed the in Titanic, James Cameron's Titanic movie. He designed the boat. Okay. I can't remember the name of the guy. He's the one that looks at Rose and, sorry I didn't build you a better boat, Rose, or whatever. That dude. Oh, okay. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end of the episode, it was pretty awesome. Spoilers. Fucking, uh, we finally got to see Grodd. Again. A little bit. A little bit more. It was still dark. 
and we finally got to see Grodd and Reverse Flash unmasked himself. Mm. And it was Harrison Wells. Oof. And Reverse Flash and Grodd are buddies, and they uh, are working together. Pretty fucking awesome. Got a little bit of a supervillain team-up going on already. And it's amazing. That's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, I cannot wait for more fucking Flash. There's no new episode this Tuesday, which kind of sucks, but... Let's go back to the Stephen, Robbie, Amell thing a little bit. You yeah. Th- you think uh, Robbie Amell just got that job because he was Stephen's cousin, or you think he got it on his own merit? I don't know. It's like a who you know a little bit right there, right? Like, you know... I couldn't tell you. I mean, I mean, he's he's in another movie called The Duff right now, and oh, I don't know how, how he got that job. The but uh, are you going to go see The Duff? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I mean, I I don't know. I, I don't think he's a shitty actor, and that that I, I, I'm sure it helps having family. I mean, look at Will Smith and Jaden. I mean, <laughs> oh. I'm sure it helps um, knowing somebody in the business. Yeah, I'm sure it does. So. Yeah, he very well could have just got the job just for being his cousin. So, is Firestorm going to get a lot of play? Are we going to see a lot of him in the show? Uh, he went away, uh, but yeah, he'll be coming back, and I think they're even probably going to have him cross over an Arrow too. Ah, that's neat to have a character that can do that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. That'll be a lot of fun for fans of both shows. Are we moving on to our pop culture leftovers movie review? Pop culture leftover movie review. Let's All do it. right. All right, what the fuck are we reviewing? What are we reviewing? What did I go see yesterday? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was Fifty Shades of Grey is what we were reviewing, right? Fifty Shades of Grey, the review from the Pop Culture Leftovers. Did you ever think it would come to this? Uh, after me reading the book in my bathroom yeah. by myself? No, I've never read the book. No. No, I've never read the book either. I went into this uh, not a book reader. I knew people. I know people that have read the book. Yeah, the, the wife's currently reading the book. <laughs> she started it after the movie, actually, which is surprising to me. Yeah, yeah. So this will be interesting. All right, right, who wants to start talking about Fifty Shades of Grey? I'm not even going to get into like the actors' names. The should we get into the the plot? Yeah. The guy that was Christian Grey for all the Once Upon a Time fans is the guy that plays uh, the Big Bad Wolf on Once Upon a Time. He was also in a BBC show called The Fall where he's actually a good actor in that. So yeah. He was pretty decent in Once, too. Yeah, so. the, uh, the fucking thing sucked. <laughs> toss it, toss it, toss it. It was garbage. I, I took my wife with me, and... Uh, that was really uncomfortable throughout the whole fucking thing. Like, at all times. There's no chemistry between the actors. The fucking director sucked because he couldn't see it. None of the... Pl- there was, like, glaring plot holes all over the place. Whether they're dressed in the book or not doesn't matter. So... Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm going to give it a low taste it, actually, myself. What? Um, I went in not knowing anything at all, that what I was going to get. And... Um, I find my I found myself pretty riveted to it. I also found myself laughing out loud at least four or five times, which I never thought was going to happen going into it. Yeah, and I was like, wow, you know, this movie's at least charming enough at parts that I'm actually laughing at it. Um, this scene, especially where they're like negotiating the contract, I thought was very like funny, like mm-hmm. dark, dark comedy funny. And I was like, this is pretty funny, you know. Um, 
I thought the last five minutes of the movie was a total toss it for me. Like if I can just isolate that part, it's a toss it. Like not as a book reader, I, I was just like, oh fuck, fuck that ending, you know. And I actually went out loud. I was like, ugh, when it was over. Mm-hmm. And the lady in front of me like turns around, and she must have been one of these mom fans of Fifty Shades, and she was like, that's how they hook you. And I was like. Well, it didn't work. <laughs> right. And she's like, you mean you're not going to read the books? And I was like, no, no, I'm not going to read the books. I was like, I'll maybe be back in two years if they do the sequel. But, yeah, I'm not. I'm yeah. not, like, so invested into it from that. But it was a low take. It was, it was better than I thought it was going to be. I got to tell you. I mean, there was some – it was really bad at parts, but – Do you think that this movie suffers from uh – in a book, when you're reading about this BDSM and all this stuff, you know, all this sexual stuff, your imagination runs wild. And, um, you know, you're thinking of, like, you know, you're thinking of the stuff in your head, and then when it's played out on the screen, it just comes off as, like, really cheap <laughs> Cinemax Showtime porn. Right. Yeah, there was a lot of that stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, the books are written from the Anna, Anna's point of view. Yeah. So I think it's easier for the ladies reading to kind of put themselves in that situation. Right. I find it really fascinating. I read an article about the movie this week. Let me let you, I'll talk about this later. Let me hear your rating real quick. Oh, my rating? Uh, it's a toss it, um, for me. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I thought the movie started off okay, mm-hmm. um, I th- and and then as it kept going deeper and deeper and deeper, it was so tame and lame to me. And you know what I mean? I wanted to see, dude. I wanted to see like real BDSM. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, you were kind of underwhelmed by all the hype. Yeah, I was really underwhelmed, and um, I don't know. It, it, I, I I guess I understand like why this girl was like obsessed with this guy i guess i don't know because he's rich good looking but i'm not buying you know she just went into it too long this whole thing she should have got out of it way earlier you know what it kind of reminded me of it 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 seems like the same kind of plot line to twilight except you replace him being a vampire with being a sadomasochist well it is that that it that is what it is you guys know that right like this whole story came from it was a twilight fan fiction uh, it seems like it's perfectly written because she's totally the bella and he's super hot and he's got a secret and it's going to hurt her and i was that thinking that. that everything came from honestly i was thinking that this was inspired by fucking batman what? <laughs> because it, without superheroes and villains, just like Christian Grey was like an orphan, right? Yeah. And then he got molested. So if this, like, if Bruce Wayne was molested as a 15 year old, and then you've got this, that girl Anna, or what, what was her name? Anastasia. Anastasia. Okay, Anastasia. Okay, when they first show her, she looks all homely. So I'm thinking, oh, that's Selena Kyle. If she wouldn't have bumped into fucking, you know, pervy Batman (laughs) she would have turned into Catwoman and if he hadn't been molested then he would have turned into Batman I just thought it was a fucked up Elseworlds story I thought I was watching some fucking Elseworlds DC fucking movie yeah that's pretty awesome I like I like the way I'm surprised you're tossing it when you were in that mind frame with it 
That's a fun way to think about but it. But that's not what it was. Now, if that's what it was, then I would have, yeah, Tupperware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Like, the only true statement I got out of the film at all was towards the end where he said he was 50 shades of fucked up. He was not the only one. I thought that line was incredibly cheesy. <laughs> I was I was wondering if that was a line in the book. It's a line in the book. Yeah. It's a line in the book. Oh, that line and is so incredibly cheesy. What is mm-hmm. the fucking deal with the laters, baby? Like, oh, my God, I totally see some, like, 70s dude with, like, the hair patch and the big collar stuff trying to be like laters baby not some billionaire playboy yeah it was kind of it's like I, I it was like half a movie i hate when it's like that kind of too yeah like i know it's like three books or whatever but there was like no like third act basically it felt like like one of those like it could have been with a third act like a really decent like fatal attractionist type movie right like i wanted to see the guy go nuts and actually start stalking her and have it be an actual problem that there's an actual climax to her dealing with there was a lot of creepiness especially like when he showed up and she was in georgia yeah yeah like that was extra creepy yeah it felt like a lot of build up to no climax like the end really pissed me off that there was like literally like just no climax whatsoever i felt bad for jose jose yeah Yeah, he's the nice guy nice guys finish last right yeah the, the one thing I was hoping, because, like, Jose, like, busted a move on her and wanted to go in for a kiss, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Christian Grey sees this. She said no. She said no. I wanted him to say, no way, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> that would have fucking, that would have made it for me that right there. great. <laughs> but, you know, coined that fucking term, but that never happened, and I was upset about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What did you guys think about his fucking, okay, what I'm saying, like, when I talked about how she should have been gone way sooner, mm-hmm. as soon as she saw that playroom, she should have been gone. Yeah. yeah. She should have been gone. Right. I mean, that playroom was fucked up. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Did he ever do anything that terrible to her, though? No. See, that's the hard, thing. But... Yeah. That's the thing. He, like, hit her with the flogger six times at the end. Right. She, and she asked for it to begin with, basically. Like That's what didn't make sense to me, either. Exactly. Show me. Show me your nightmare or whatever. Show me, like, you yeah. know, show me your, show me you, your innermost, what you yeah. want to do with me. And then he yeah. hits her, and then she's like, I can't believe you fucking did that. Well, you just asked for yeah. it. Well, see, therein lies how it's horribly written and how it ties to the books, because they hook you, supposedly hook you for uh their continued relationship in 50 shades darker so Uh, but it it gets worse yeah i'm I'm sure i just tried to look up like what did he do like before that like what did he do oh he tied her up that's what i'm saying and then oh he ran an ice cube over her uh breast and then down pretty nice to her (laughs) and then down to her belly button and then and then he bangs her and that's the thing is like there's the only that terrible there's nothing oral sex that went on was him going down on her it wasn't like he ever shoved his dick in her face yeah yeah, it was pretty. Seemed pretty. Thin. It also didn't make sense to me. I mean, okay, I, I'm not joking about him getting molested earlier. That's a horrible thing. He was 15, got molested by an older woman, but that's part of the story. That's part of his character. Yeah. But like, he was. What doesn't make sense to me psychologically is because like he was the one that was molested, and he said that he was a submissive there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think he'd keep? He would have been the submissive in any relationship after that. I would assume. But, they tried to play it off like this guy is obsessed with power and he did i don't think that he wanted anybody to have any power over him again but he still had a friendly relationship with this woman which yeah. made no sense right but he still craved power so he had power in every part of his life every aspect business friendships even this fucking uh uh, relationship with Anastasia where he wanted to be in complete power and have this fucking contract that she signs 
that's the whole fucking movie is her signing this contract. And that's another thing about this fucking movie that didn't make fucking sense to me. <laughs> oh, I want you to sign this fucking contract so we can start fucking the way I want to fuck. Yeah. But they're still fucking the whole fucking time before the fucking contract's even fucking signed. Right. This movie makes no sense. The fucking contract could have got not got signed for fucking decades, and they're still banging each other. Yeah, I don't think they ever fuck the way he wants to fuck, though, apparently. Or yeah, because he wants to spank her and he beat the shit out of her. her. seven times in a row. There's yeah. a scene that they didn't put in the film. Tampon. Yeah, where he pulls it out so he can do his business with her. I didn't delve into the specifics of it, whether he asked right. for permission or not, but... Uh, a lot of people been hating on it. Like, I heard a lot of ladies complaining that, oh, well, another movie that degrades women. But I asked my wife, and she even said herself, you know, every step of the way, he kept asking for her consent, and he made sure she was aware of what was going to happen. She's not a submissive, though. That's the thing. That's why, yeah. that's why this, that's why it is degrading to me, in my opinion. For her as a female, if you're looking at this as a female and she's supposed to be empowered, why is she putting herself through this? Yeah, and the fact that she was a virgin makes it worse. Makes right? it worse. And he's like, oh, we're going to have to rectify this yeah. and throws her over his shoulder and then goes and fucks this girl. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, I don't know. I didn't really pick up on it and she had to tell me, but like throughout and like she's teasing him with the biting of the lip and stuff. Yeah. She's trying to exercise her control over him. Yeah. Which is like supposedly working throughout the film. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I didn't get that and near did she. I didn't know what you guys thought. Yeah. I, I didn't get it either. So. That it was degrading to women? Oh no, I got that. That's well, it, it, like it's promoting abuse. That that was what I had heard. It's the character's decision. I right. don't think this movie is promoting abuse, right? Because I don't think it's like I would hope that somebody going into this wouldn't think, well, oh, okay, this is what's going to get me to be get be into this lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Now I want you either are trained like that, like your mindset is like I. And it should be a consensual thing. If mm -hmm. people are into BDSM, it should be consensual. Right. And this is like, she was not consensual. Yeah. And so that's where this relationship was flawed. If he would have met Anastasia and she was 100% submissive, that's who she was, was a submissive, you wouldn't have a movie, but then you wouldn't <laughs> have people talking about how this is abuse because that's what she wants. Frank, I have been in a relationship with a submissive. Mm -hmm. Okay? So... Somebody that is like 100% submissive on that level, somebody, and, and it was a horrible relationship, don't get me wrong, because she wanted me to be a dominant, like, you know, gray. Gotcha. She wanted me to do that kind of stuff to her. And whenever we would experiment like that, I hated it. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. hated it. I never thought of myself as like a romantic, mm -hmm. but when you are thrown into a relationship like that, uh huh. It takes all the romance out. She had no problem telling me that she can separate, that she could separate. I'm, yeah, I'm pulling back the, I'm get, pulling back the fourth wall here. You're fine. I'm letting people in, but I had a relationship when I was in my younger twenties with somebody who was older, like I, over 10 years older and she was submissive. That was her lifestyle. That's what she liked. Mm -hmm. And it caused problems in our relationship because she said that she loved me, but she could separate sex and love. Oh. Which means that if she saw somebody else that she wanted to fuck, she felt like she could fuck them if she wanted to. 
but she'd come back to me because she loved me. <laughs> I don't think like that. When yeah. I'm in a relationship, yeah. it's 100%, we're devoted, we're together, but she wasn't like that. And then also on the dominant stuff, you know, I want things equal in the bedroom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She liked she liked being submissive. She liked being tied up. She liked being she dude, I had a crop whip. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you, dude. And I hated doing this stuff. And I'm not whipping her ass and shit like that. <laughs> but I did this because I cared for her, not because I wanted to do it, and not because I feel like uh, like abusing women is like a turn on. I, I I fucking hated it, but I did it because I loved her and yeah. I wanted the relationship to work. And it's obvious that that was her thing. It was that like- was her thing. One hundred percent submissive. Like anything I said, she wanted. Actually, she wanted me to say degrading things to her in the act to make her feel lower than me. I did not like this. It never sat well with me, and the relationship imploded because of these things. So as I'm watching this movie, I'm not seeing a true representation of what I experienced. Right. And so it, 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 it was, it's not like I'm offended because I'm, I'm not in that world anyway. Right. I just mm-hmm. happened to date somebody that was. And I can kind of relate to that character, not wanting to be with him because of that, because mm-hmm. I went through that. Uh-huh. But um, but we're on the opposite ends of the spectrum, too, because she was a submissive, and in my relationship, I was supposed to be the dominant. So I've never had it flip-flop. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow, I just opened sense. up a whole fucking thing there. But you know <laughs> no, what? That was good. That was yeah, good. It applies to my life because I've kind of gone through this in a way. I mean, you know, she was into the toys and all that stuff and, like, the crop whip and a little bit of the pain, like, the candles burning, you know, and all that shit. The ice cubes. Ice cubes. <laughs> I fucking hate all that shit. That's yeah. probably why I didn't get it because, believe it or not, I don't know that much about that lifestyle. Right. So, like, what I saw on screen just looked like a little bit of kinky fun. Yeah. And I don't know anything about the degrading parts of, like, what really goes on with it. So you can tie a pretty mean knot is what mm-hmm. you're saying then, huh, Brian? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I had I uh, yeah. There, you know, there, it's crazy what you do when you're younger and you're you're younger and you and you, you feel like you're in love with somebody and mm-hmm. and and you want it to work and you want to make that person happy. Um, you know, and it didn't start off like this. This was like something like you know we would just have like normal sex, just like everybody else, and then it turned into like you know what else, and then these conversations opened up. It got to the point at the end of my relationship with her, Uh she told me that her dream would be for me to rape her. Wow. And I told her at that point, I said, there is no way in hell. I don't know how that would, I would even, that's, I said, there's just no way. And I mean, the relationship just blew up. I mean, but see, and there might be some guys out there that are like, man, I can't believe that, you know, like, oh, he found this girl that's 100, 100% submissive. That would be awesome. But it's not for everybody. This lifestyle is not for everybody. No, it kind of takes the romance out of it a little bit. It does take the romance out of it. You know, when you try to do something special and that's not special to them. Uh, what you do that is special, like, you know, flowers, candy, a poem, that's not special to them. What they view as special is you doing these acts to them. And these are things like once I was out of that relationship, I never did them again and never wanted to do them again. And I'm not saying like I don't like anything kinky. 
it's it's not like I'm Mr. Fucking Straight Edge in bed now. Okay, missionary and we're done. Yeah. No, I mean, I enjoy to spice things up, but when it comes down to, like, me, like, shoving something in you, handcuffing you to the bed, and then spanking you with a crop whip, no, I'm th- those days are over. <laughs> I'm not 20 years old anymore. I know what I want, and uh, no, not happening. Yeah, it seems like you get rid of all the uh, them touching you parts, and that's some of the best parts, right? Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Frank. You should, but you're supposed to be the one talking about the perverted shit, not me. No, yeah, holy Frank, shit, I'm, Frank. I'm proud of you. You've been pretty good during this Fifty Shades of Grey thing. Oh yeah, we haven't had to pause like a hundred times. Yeah, I mean, like, like, I think you guys hit the nail on the head when you were talking about how he should be the, the director should be like doing like Skinamax stuff. Because that, that was about the only part that seemed like it was well done. I think in order to do this movie justice, um, it, the rating would have to be bumped up to NC-17. Yeah. Probably. Right. Um, Does the book get racier? Oh, I, I don't oh. know. I've never read the book. Mm. N- none of it. So um, the, wa- <laughs> the wife's flying through it. Yeah. Really? What yeah. is she saying? She likes it. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the director of the movie. Well, I think a lot of like um, – the things in the book are probably like Anastasia's inner thoughts. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and because you, you don't really get that in the movie. It's right. all you know, vocal, out, outwardly spoken, mm-hmm. and I think that kind of takes away from like whatever experience you're getting while reading the book. Exactly, and there's a lot of stuff that she's cued me in on just in the past day mm-hmm. of, of stuff like that. Like the whole draw for her in the book is like she's got that connection with him and then he, she knows he feels it, but it's like cracking him open. Right. And that's where the rest of them keep going. Yeah. But just like twilight, I'm like, (laughs) yeah, it sounds like the movie might be a little bit better than the book and that it cut out all that kind of fat where you don't have to deal with all the, it might be worse with all the narration to me. Uh, Well, she hasn't really, I'd have to double check with her about how explicit, it's yeah. gotten. I think it, I think but, the book would be better because like for, for women, I mean, because you get to hear their inner thoughts and the excitement. Sex right. is like, it's not like when I'm having sex with a woman, I'm, I'm, I'm saying stuff to her like the whole time. Right. Like, oh yeah, baby, you feel great. This feels <laughs> good. No, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in your head that you're thinking. Right. And I think the book, you'd be able to hear more of her thoughts and like what she's feeling as she's going through this. Yeah. Yeah. This feels great. Great, this feels exciting. Oh, why am I not ge- being able to touch him? Right. And her, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Why this and that? So yeah. I think I think the book would be a lot better. And yeah. I mean, obviously, it's allowed to get more detailed with what's going on right. than you know what we got to see on yeah. screen. I mean, I know there's a part that was detailed where like he's taking his thumb and he's rubbing it on the front wall of her vagina. So of course, when I heard that, it was Gilbert Gottfried screaming it. But mm. check that out on YouTube. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's funny. I, I don't, I'm not going to find myself reading this book anytime soon. <laughs> no, not I won't either. be reading it either. You know, the wife suggested, she's like, you know, Apple has that share thing. And I'm like, you, you can go ahead and keep those. That's I'm hilarious. Right. Yeah, the director I was going to say is um, Aaron Taylor Johnson's wife. Uh, yeah, Sam that's right. Taylor Johnson. Yeah. And Aaron Taylor Johnson, if you don't know, is uh, plays Quicksilver in Age of Ultron. Right. Was she inspired by his performance in Godzilla? <laughs> 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 because, suck. Uh, that's funny. This was terrible. That's yeah, funny. I gotta toss this movie. I didn't like it. Yeah, I'm I, gonna give it the low taste. It Fifty Shades of fucked up. Yeah, so that line was so great. <laughs> <sighs> All right, I think that was our Fifty Shades of Grey review. Later's yeah. baby.
<laughs> no, that was creepy. <laughs> I think he was just trying to be normal like his brother was. He noticed, you know what I mean? His brother seemed slimy. I didn't get anything normal about that at all. Dude had the weirdest deep voice. Laters, baby. No, I mean, you know, that's something like, uh, I don't know, some uh, like a douchebag like that would say, oh, I yeah, guess. So I fucking know. cheesy. His brother's more normal than he is. I mean, you know, he slept over at the chick's place, had no problem with that. He was in the middle of banging her when they walked in the door. Right, he didn't have any, like, weird sexual... That's true. ...thing. And I'm not saying, He was good like, with it on the couch. I'm not saying, like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it is weird for me, like, the BDSM stuff, because, like, that's not the... That's not what I gravitate towards. And, like, if you're not exposed to it every day, you do think it's weird. But, like, for people that do practice it, if that's what they're into, mm-hmm. then... That's. I think this movie. The lesson. It, the lesson it teaches you is to find someone who's like-minded. Yeah. If yeah, you're a dominant, you don't be with a dominant. And if you're a submissive, uh, make sure that uh, you're 100 percent submissive and uh, you're with a dominant. I guess. I mean, How I, would that work with two submissives? Would it be like back in grade school where you had girls on one side of the room and boys on the other? Yeah. Nobody's doing anything. <laughs> oh, that's funny. They need the fucking guardian to come in and like push them together. Nobody's doing anything. Submissives aren't making babies. They, don't, they never have sex. Scissor me timbers. So that was that was our movie review for the week, huh? Yeah. No one saw um, Hot Tub Time Machine 2. I heard it was shit. Oh, yeah. It looks terrible. Yeah, but which one would be worse? What would be worse? Yeah. Hey, this is going to make some great fodder for the Tossies later on when what? we have the Tupperwares. The worst movie of the year. Oh, I, I'm surprised you're. Oh, I'm surprised you're not going to give a best performance to anybody in this movie. Like, like Jose, man, Jose at the end of the year <laughs> killed it. Jose killed it. Total. Nope. Oh. Taylor. Taylor. When, he, when the his butler broke. The driver. Oh, Taylor the butler. Yeah, he was on point. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry, Taylor. I can't stop your mom from coming in your multi-million dollar estate. <laughs> she was like, "You don't recognize me by now, Taylor." Uh, Taylor was killing with those reaction shots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Fifty Shades of Grey. I won't be watching it again. No. Will you go see the sequel? No. I'll go see the sequel. Uh, I'll have to. Yeah, you'll have to. Yeah. I won't. <laughs> I liked it better than Twilight. See, I stopped watching Twilight, too. Yeah, yeah. me too. I never got past the third one. I never saw the final one. I was the nice boyfriend until I didn't have to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was married when the first two came out and had to watch those piles of shit. Same here. Yeah, so. so. All right. Take a break. We'll come back. Greetings, Leftover Army. Pop Culture Leftovers is the people's podcast. They're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read. But their listeners can. So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com, and if the leftovers like it, They'll contact you, and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow the leftovers on Instagram at instagram.com slash popcultureleftovers and on Tumblr at popcultureleftovers2.tumblr.com. If you get a few shots of vodka in you, it's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster. All right. Hey, we are back, and we are going to be jumping into the pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. 
Deadline is reporting that Steven Spielberg is interested in directing Chris Pratt in a Indiana Jones reboot. Pratt is not attached, but um, I personally, I don't know any young actor that uh, would turn down a call to Spielberg. Uh, if this is true, if Spielberg is attached, um, I'm, I'm going to call it now, Pratt will be Indiana Jones. I mean, you think about young actors and directors that they want to work with, it's every young actor's dream, in my opinion, that they'd want to work with Spielberg. Hell, he wanted to be in Jurassic Park years ago. We had that video of him wanting to be in Jurassic Park. Yeah. And that was a Spielberg project. Now that's a dream come true. If Spielberg came knocking, Pratt is going to be Indiana Jones. That, I'm calling it. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I feel like it's definitely happening at this point. I'm excited for it, too. It's interesting. It's really interesting that the same director is doing the reboot of a franchise. Mm-hmm. That's really fascinating to see how that will all play out. Yeah. So I'm excited. Well, I mean, yeah, it's going to happen. Um, but oh, yeah. <laughs> do you think it is going to be Spielberg though? If the, if this if if it's true that, that this is just this is just a rumor. Mm-hmm. You know, deadline the deadline broke the story, but it is just a rumor. There there's no official confirmation from from Spielberg. Yeah, I think it might be. I think I think Spielberg kind of wants to uh have one last crack at, at doing an Indiana Jones movie after Crystal Skull. <laughs> yeah. Kind of the redemption movie. But I, on the flip side, I think that Harrison Ford wants to have one last crack at it as well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe we're going to see it a lot further down the line than we're all hoping. Maybe we'll get one more Harrison Ford and then the Chris Pratt movie. I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm kind of ready for them to go ahead and move on myself. Me too. Me too. No hate on Harrison Ford, but just the Crystal Skull. I mean, he shouldn't have been moving like that at his age. Yeah, well, we'll see how he does coming up in Episode 7, too. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, but he doesn't have to be as physical in Star Wars. Han wasn't as physical as Indiana Jones. Oh, I agree. Indiana Jones was running through, you know, caves and, (laughs) you know, running after airplanes and running away from people in tribes where... Han Solo, you know, I mean, he can keep, use a blaster, keep him at bay, and hit the hyperspace button to get away. Right, and then casually jog down the the aisle in the spaceship. Yeah. All right. Well, go ahead. Oh, I was just, just I was just going to say that I agree. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the uh, plot synopsis of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean Five: Dead Men Tell No Tales. Well, apparently they're going to tell one more. <laughs> Thrust into an all-new adventure, a down-on-his-luck Captain Jack Sparrow finds the winds of ill fortune blowing even more strongly when deadly ghost pirates led by his old nemesis, the terrifying Captain Salazar, escape from the Devil's Triangle, determined to kill every pirate at sea, including him. Captain Jack's only hope of survival lies in seeking out the legendary trident of Poseidon, a powerful artifact that bestows upon its possessor total control over the seas. Yeah, Pirates 5. <laughs> the, mighty, the mighty Poseidon. <clears throat> yeah, looking for the uh, trident of Poseidon. Ouch, yeah. This franchise has played itself out so much to me. I wish it would just go away forever. Yeah, I think it's done. Oh, it's not done. No, I mean, like, done being good. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think four was a little better than the two and the, th- and the three. 
I agree with and that. I, and I think they should end it on a high note there. I liked the action scenes in two quite a bit. I thought they were still funny and comical, and I enjoyed that. Um, four was better than three. Um, three, they just threw too much into that movie. Yeah, um, yeah it was a mess. Yeah. Uh, this movie here, Devil's, I don't, I don't understand. Deadly Ghost Pirates now, uh, Devil's Triangle, uh, the Ghost Pirates, wasn't that the first one? Yeah, it's just what was so cool about it in the first place was how unique and original Johnny Depp's take on the character was. And now it feels like it's almost, like a parody of itself by movie five. Well, these movies are making money still. Yeah. That's the thing. Part four, even though it wasn't the biggest, I don't think it made more money than like maybe the first two, but it still made a shit ton of money for them. That's why they're making this one. Oh, for sure. And Johnny Depp needs fucking money yeah. From, yeah. for this <laughs> because, I mean, Transcendence was a pile of shit and, you know, I mean, he's yeah. not... I'm not saying he's hurting for money, but I'm just saying he needs he needs something to hit, and so he's like old faithful, Jack Sparrow. <laughs> he's that's kind his of doing old the faithful. same thing that Liam Neeson's doing. Yeah, same thing over and over again. Tim Burton movies and Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> well, he tried something different with that Transcendence, but it just wasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, that almost seemed like a voiceover role more than anything, too, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, kinda. Yeah, he was in the beginning of that movie. I couldn't get through it. Okay. I watched. I think I watched like the first half. I couldn't get through Transcendence. <laughs> I couldn't get through it. That's funny. And there were no songs. It was just that bad. What? Uh, yeah, you hate musicals, so I'm saying there were no songs. Oh like, yeah, right? um, yeah. Now, now I get you. Okay, <laughs> I didn't. Get, I didn't know where you were coming from. Yeah, I didn't like. Uh, what was that movie? The uh, Sweeney the Todd. Uh, Sweeney the- Todd. That was the one. Oh, I, hate, I hate Sweeney Street. Todd too. Oh man, I couldn't watch it. I turned it off. It I'm not a big good. musical guy. I like some of them, though. Yeah. I, like, I like Rocky Horror. I like the South Park movie. <laughs> Chicago was good. Yeah, that's not bad at all, either. Never watched it. The movie version is not bad. Like, I can't watch musicals. Unless it's a little little shop of horrors. That's, like, the only one I like. I hate Grease. Yeah, the cellophane <laughs> man in Chicago is awesome. Yeah, because uh, it, it really came off more like you're watching them actually perform it live. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, like, say, Les Mis, that was all a great big theatrical experience. Right. Chicago seemed a lot simpler, and that really worked for it. Yeah. All right. So anybody looking forward to that one? No. Move on. <laughs> yeah. Toss it. Premature toss it for Pirates 5. Prematurely wipe my ass with it. <laughs> all right. Let's see here. Sony, who has had some, uh, they've had some bad press as of late with the, uh, you know, uh, Sony hack and all the things that came out that they were saying about actors and mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah um, I think they're really thinking outside of the box though um, you know with uh, you know making finally doing the Disney Marvel deal definitely you know uh, now I think they're making another smart move they're acquiring the screen rights to Scott McCloud's new graphic novel released earlier this month that is a fantastic book. Uh, it's called The Sculptor. I love Scott McCloud. Um, yeah, he's, he finally returned and, 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 and did this book called The Sculptor. It just came out in February. Nice. Yeah, he, he's the guy that did Understanding Comics, right? Yes. Which is like a graphic, like, comic book version of understanding the history of the comic book art. Yeah, he's, he's very talented. Oh, yeah. Um, 
I have this sculptor graphic novel. I have not read all of it, but I've read enough. Is and it long? Huh. It's 488 pages. Uh, it's written and drawn by Scott McCloud. Uh, it's about a man. His name is David Smith. Uh, he's a sculptor. Uh, he was given this scholarship and then was later, after this scholarship for this uh, art, it's kind of like an art school, mm. and um, was given the opportunity to work in this, uh, put his work into an art gallery to show off all of his art. Uh, he did okay at the art gallery, uh, but it, well, he wasn't a breakout artist by any means, though. And he had a lot of potential. A lot of people saw a lot of potential in him. That's how he got the scholarship. That's how he got the gallery. And so he's not, at this point in his life, he's not making a living at being an artist. And then his life really starts to go downhill uh, with him not being able to creatively make art. So he's in a rut. Um, he's in a, he's, he's just in an artistic rut. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's got no yeah. muse. No, he, he's got passion for it, but he, he just can't. He 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 just can't break out and, and make art the way he wants to make it. He's not paying his bills. Um, he can't afford his apartment. So he starts to go out. He's just like, fuck it. I'm going to go to the bar and I'm going to drink. So he's at the bar. He's sitting there alone. He's drinking. And he's feeling sorry for himself. He sees his uncle in the bar. And he, his uncle's walking towards him. And he's really excited to see him. And they start to catch up. Uh, he tells his uncle about, you know, this artistic rut that he's going through. And then his uncle is like, you know, what would you do? He asks him this question. He poses this question, like, what would you do to be the best artist? What would you give? And David then says, well, I'd do anything. You know, I'd give my life. That's how much it means to him. And then he realizes that the last time that he saw his uncle was five years ago when they buried him at his funeral. Oh, wow. So he's questioning, you know, how he's talking to his dead uncle at this point. And his uncle says that out of nowhere, he's like, he can make all, he, I'll make all your dreams come true, but there are certain conditions. You can create anything you want, but you only have 200 days to do it, and then you'll die. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, David says yes, because if he said no, he wouldn't have a movie or a graphic novel. Exactly. So he says yes, and now he has this amazing ability to mold any surface into art. So, like, if he's working with steel, he can just bend it into art, or like a brick wall, he can just bend it. He can sculpt brick like clay and create something uh, amazing. Uh, he starts creating art, you know, uh, from things in his past that meant something to him. And as he's walking down the street one day, an angel comes down from the sky and then says to him, everything will be all right, and then just disappears. Well, it's not a real angel. Come to find out, it's, it's, it's a staged event that happened. They, like, sectioned off, like, blocked off part of this... City, Whoa. you know, kind of like the Truman Show or yeah. something. Oh, Who's the day? And it's it, it'll get more okay. into that in the wow. book. Yeah, um, but it's it, it's it's a, it's it's a series called The Sad Man, and so they target people you know that that are having a hard time and try to change their life. Well, it oh. has like this amazing like this effect on him. You know, like he has like this epiphany and and then. He starts to fall in love with the actual 
angel. <laughs> and she's then part of the reason that he wants to live. But he's finding problems still creating that one piece that defines him <clears throat> as an artist. And he only has, and as he's falling in love, he realizes he only has 200 days to live. Wow. Or yeah, less than 200 days to live. That sounds really good. So, yeah, it sounds amazing. The book is really good. I haven't finished it yet, but it, it's amazing. And it sounds like it'd be a great movie. It's going to be a great movie. And I think that it, there needs to be more <laughs> movies like this. This is so cool. So I think Sony, I think Sony's doing a really good job of, uh, you know, thinking outside the box now and, and doing, you know, oh, let's not do another Adam Sandler comedy. Oh, please no. Yeah. Girl you know what I mean? Three. So, I mean, and I know that they, they, they had some great, you know, with the fox catcher, mm-hmm. you know, that caught them some good, good press. That was a lot of people like that movie, but I think this is the kind of route that they need to go. I agree. And that sounds like a great movie. I'm excited to hear about that. I love Scott McCloud. So, so was this released as comics or just right out the bat as a graphic, graphic novel? novel. Nice. Yep. Look into that and see how much that that's going for on Amazon. Uh, Let's see here. Bruce Campbell talked uh, with Ooh. Dead Central about Ash versus the Evil Dead, the series that will continue the story of Ash from Evil Dead and the Army of Darkness. And he said this, I'm bringing everything to the table. It's a feisty version of Ash who's grizzled and just wants to be left alone. <laughs> he also said that the fan disappointment about the lack of Ash in the last film, uh, the 2013 Evil Dead remake, that actually helped lead to the TV series. Uh, he said, um, this show will be competing against another horror favorite. We are competitive with Walking Dead. Like, we'll show those fuckers. Our deadites are very clever. They're not, oh, what's the rest of that quote? They're not stupid shufflers. They can mimic people. They can drive cars. They're a fun threat. They, he's talking about The Walking Dead, are right up there, though, with being responsible for the current resurgence of horror. So That's exciting. I love the idea that he's going to be just like a the grizzled old man, like, get off my fucking lawn type mm-hmm. of ash coming out <laughs> at it. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a lot of fun. That'd be cool. Uh, yeah, this show's going to be great. I'm excited to see it. Let's see. You're going to have to subscribe to that stars, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad they don't have, like, an HBO Go thing. I don't know if they do or not. Yeah, I don't don't know. know I don't know. Usually, though, if you you haven't been subscribed to stars, they'll give you, like, three months free. Oh, okay. So I'm hoping that it won't even, it'll be done in three months. It's only, like, eight episodes or ten or something like that. Am I wrong? Something like that. It's, like, yeah, ten at the most, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to that uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead. I hope it is as good as they say it's going to be. Keep my fingers crossed. That mm-hmm. first episode's Raimi, so I feel like it, at least that has to be good. District 9 and Elysium director Neil Blomkamp had released some concept art of Sigourney Weaver as Ripley with Hicks, played by actor Michael Bien, a couple weeks ago. Now... He has been attached to direct a new Alien film. Now, this doesn't mean that we still won't see Prometheus 2. So, a lot of people were thinking, oh, okay, they're just abandoning Prometheus, the Ridley Scott thing, and they're just going to do this Blomkamp movie. That's not true. No. Um, that should still happen eventually. Um, 
Now, what I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't have 100% confirmation, but Blomkamp, he's been working with, he had been working with Sigourney Weaver on Chappie. And I don't even know if discussions came up yeah. about Alien when they were together on set. This all happened like at press junkets for Chappie, I think. And, you know, Blomkamp's been like a huge fan of Alien for a long time. He loved the first film, the horror genre, the, the horror side of it. You know, this is a science fiction movie, a horror movie set in space. Yes. And he loves that. And um, so then he uh, he posted a pic of an alien xenomorph on his Instagram and said, um, so I think it's officially my next film, hashtag alien. That's awesome. That's a good deal. So, wow, I wonder, I, I can't wait to hear more about this story, about how it all that came to be, you know? Well, I think it's because... Um, he had in the past like talked about like how he loved Alien and how he had this amazing idea to make it something cool again. Mm-hmm. And so people remember that story. And now that he's in a movie, he's working with Sigourney Weaver in these press junkets. People kind of brought that up. Yeah. And Sigourney Weaver has even come out and said that she would not be against doing another Alien movie. And the art the concept art that he had released was a picture of Sigourney Weaver and Hicks and he says he has this fresh idea to make these movies awesome again um variety they also reported that Blomkamp and 20th Century Fox they have reached an official deal um he says he has a new and interesting way to bring these aliens back um and it sounds like Sigourney Weaver is going to join um and then he's he's just a huge fan of the franchise and has been for years. So, yeah, Blomkamp doing these. I'm going to Jake, you can talk about Blomkamp and Frank, you can talk about him and then I'll talk about him if you want. Yeah, I I'm a fan. Um I I, I like um what is it District 13 and Elysium? I thought District they're... 13 is from Hunger Games. District 9 District is the Blomkamp movie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I thought they. I like District Nine more than Elysium. I thought they were both good. I'm looking forward to seeing Chappie. Um, it's always nice to see a fan get a you know a talented fan get a step in the shoes and get to do something he loves. You know, very much like how excited I am for J.J. Abrams to do Star Wars because of how big of a fan he was. This is the same kind of thing here. So I think when you come in with that much heart and respect for what came before, it can only lead to good things. How would you rate it? Um, I would. I would high taste it. I I never saw District 9 or Elysium, but I do agree with Jake that, um, you know, when you have somebody that that's a passion of theirs, it's close to their heart, they care more about, like, the things that originally made it great as opposed to trying to, like, hit other things or just make it different. Uh, it just It's just going to come off as being awesome, and I'm glad that Sigourney Re- uh, Weaver is going to come back for it. It depends. I mean, there's been comic book writers that have taken on characters that they loved and come out with a shitty run of that character. So, mm. I'm, you know, Kevin Smith loves Batman, but I don't like Kevin Smith Batman comics. That's <laughs> just my point. But um, this, I think, falls more in line with... Uh, first off, I, I am not a Neil Blomkamp fan. I don't like him. I, it's not... I don't like... I'm not saying I don't like him. You're dick, dude. <laughs> I don't like... I did not like District 9. Uh, I saw it in theaters. I did not like Elysium. I, I'm, I'm in the minority. I, I'm in the minority here. Everybody loved District 9. I, I never hear a bad word about District 9. I went with two other people when I saw it in the theater, and they both loved it. 
And yeah. I was expecting a completely different movie than what I saw. Because, like, okay, this guy was rumored to do Halo, the movie, at one time. And so when I was going in to see District 9, I was thinking, wow, I'm going to see this action movie where they're blowing away aliens. I had no idea it was going to be this quirky yeah, dark movie, comedy dark comedy. And so maybe I need to watch it again. Maybe maybe I would like it if I watched it a second time. I did not like Elysium, um, but I, I equally didn't like District 9 just as much as I didn't like Elysium. I am not a Neil Blomkamp fan. There, but that being said, this is in his wheelhouse. He does have really cool visuals. They probably can rein him in a little bit because there is original source material. Um, he's taking on something that's established. This is not like his own science fiction creations mm. like with District 9 and Elysium. So I am going to taste this, even though I can't stand his movies. Yeah. I'm going to taste this because he's a science I want to see what he can do. He says he's got a great idea for it, and he's a science fiction guy. He's got great visuals, and I'm going to give him the chance. I'm not going to, just because I didn't like those two movies doesn't mean that I'm going to toss the director and say that he can't do a fucking competent alien movie. Yeah, that's very optimistic of you. Yep. So, I mean, I just think that, I, I, I do think uh, it's going to be nice getting a fresh director in there. Um, as for the Prometheus movie, still looking forward to the sequel. Yeah, me too. I think we have to wait for the Blade Runner shit before we get the Prometheus. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. It's going to be a while, I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, Frank, yeah, you need to watch District 9. Yeah. I got to see that. And I haven't seen Elysium either, but it doesn't sound like you're giving me a whole lot to go off of. Like Jake liked District 9. Jake liked it. Everybody likes it. It's super funny, I thought. Everybody likes it but me. When did it come out? 2007 or 8 or oh, something like that. That sounds about right. Hmm. All right. Elysium was like four years ago, maybe. Yeah. If even. No, no. Elysium was just like less than two years ago. Okay, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I think that came out when we started doing the podcast. Yeah, real close to after yeah. it. Like five or six months after, maybe. Yeah. I'm in the minority, and I know people are going to be like, oh, I can't believe you didn't like District 9. I didn't. It's just me. When I watched it, I didn't like it. Yeah. Just um, Terminator Genesis comes out this summer. It'll be released in IMAX. According to two script reviews, things are looking positive, even though I've heard from other members of the media that they didn't like some of the things that they saw you know, behind the scenes. But here are those reviews, and you can read these reviews on the Arnold Fans website. First review, I think the best way to describe Terminator Genesis is three action-packed movies in one. First of all, we finally get to see the future wars where John Connor, Kyle Reese, and Resistance take on Skynet. This is something that Terminator fans have wanted to see since James Cameron gave them a preview of it in the first film. So I don't think fans will be disappointed with this portion of the movie at all. For me personally, since I loved the first two Terminator movies so much, I'm not sure it will beat the classics, but we shall see. If you go into this movie with an open mind and willing to accept some changes, this should be an action-packed thrill ride that rivals any recent summer blockbuster, because this script gave Alan Taylor and the cast with a lot of really good material to work with here. With a script like this, it's not surprising that Skydance signed Leda Caligritus and Patrick Lucier to a two-year first-look deal with the company. 
Yeah, I'm excited for Terminator. They showed the trailer for that again before Fifty Shades of Grey, and I realized that I was more excited for it than I thought. Yeah, right. yeah, me too. I, I I thought that was a really good trailer to have in there for the guys that had to go. I didn't get that trailer. Oh, really? I got the Amy Schumer, Judd Apatow trailer. I got Apatow that one too. Trailer. I got that also. Yeah. But, yeah, we had the Genesis trailer too. Yeah. Genesis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, second review. This also plays out... This also plays out like no other Terminator film yet in the fact it's not set in one time period from start to finish with a single villain to deal with. No, the threat is greater here with two well-known model Terminators and a couple of other types spread throughout the movie, which has three major time zones. Safe to say the movie will look unique all the way through, keeping it fresh and exciting. I cannot express enough how the atmosphere I felt in the script wasn't present in the two minutes of footage that we've been shown. I think they have tackled it wrongly by aiming mostly at the new crowd with the trailer and Super Bowl spot, making it look as if it's a big, bright Marvel-type movie, but definitely didn't read like that. I'd say... Maybe one or two moments of action might be a bit over the top for the hardcore fans wanting a Terminator movie to be made like it's in the 80s, but we've already seen them in the bus flip and Terminator dive bomb from the chopper. Hmm. So those are the only two over-the-top moments in the whole movie is what this guy is claiming from reading the script? I doubt that. Me too, me too. With Arnold in it? Yeah. I doubt that. But... I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not the best person to review a Terminator movie yeah. because I love Terminator so much. I yeah. mean, I've never tossed a single one of them. First one's Tupperware. Second one's Tupperware. Third one's Taste It. Fourth one's a Taste It. I mean, that's just for me. And people will be like, well, you like the third one and the fourth one? Those are shit. Yeah. I'm sorry. I love Terminator movies. Yeah. I just love Terminator. I'm, I'm a horror. I'll be, I can already tell you the movie's going to be a Taste It or a Tupperware for me because I, I love, love Salvation. Terminator. I Tupperware Salvation. I taste it. My yeah. favorite moment uh, in all of Terminator is when, uh, in the middle of T2, when he walks up with the Gatling gun mm-hmm. and starts laying waste to the police. I thought that was awesome. Oh, yeah. Because he wasn't killing them. He was just destroying the property and stuff. He was still obeying That whole home. movie was awesome. Yeah. That, that was whole my movie. favorite part. Just him walking up with that fucking gun. I love the part where he shows up at the bar. <laughs> I need your clothes, your boots, your motorcycle. <laughs> that bar fight is amazing. Yep. Oh, my God. I love everything about that movie. <laughs> There's not an action scene in that movie I don't love. On the fucking motorcycle where he's taking the shotgun. Oh, yeah. Perfect, and he's yeah. shooting the locks on the fucking uh, cages on the, on the fence. How he was reloading the fucking gun, spinning it around. Hell, yeah. That was cool. <laughs> Yeah, and then the fucking soundtrack, Guns and Roses, and when he's walking through the mall, mm-hmm. he's got the gun in the uh, roses box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good I, shit. I can do without the Guns and Roses music, to be honest with you. Not oh, me. Really? No, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, you wish that be. No, gone. I mean it, it was John Connor's youth, and that's what he listened to, Guns and Roses. Yeah, I like Guns and Roses. It's good shit. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I still enjoy Guns and Roses. Yeah, I did not. I did not listen to that. Uh, China, whatever he came out with a few years back, but uh, oh yeah, I forget what that was called too. Yeah, Appetite for Destruction, baby. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I can live without. Not oh me. no, I love it. That's that's the fucking nineties. Welcome right there. to the jungle. Fucking a, I love that shit. That's the nineties <laughs> for me. All right, let's move on. Uh, we're gonna talk about DC news. Um, First things first, Jason Momoa, Aquaman suit. Let's talk about it and rate it. Yeah, Unite the Seven, huh? Mm-hmm. Our first look at Aquaman is a meme. 
So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, pretty crazy that we're seeing Aquaman so early, right? That we're doing this kind of thing again already. I guess it follows in suit with the Wonder Woman, right? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's interesting to me. I mean, I, it's it's like basically what I expected. They hired Jason Momoa, so they just made it look all like Jason Momoa is a barbarian badass. I'm a little bit confused. If anything, this movie makes me look less forward to an Aquaman movie, though. I feel like I'm a little bit confused as to the Jason Momoa casting. I feel like I haven't seen him do much in anything where he has enough charisma to headline being Aquaman in a superhero movie. I, I'm, I'm worried about this film from seeing this image a little bit. So, I don't know, though. The, the outfit's not terrible to me. I hear a lot of people complaining that they should have like made it more like the comic book. But I feel like we knew it was Jason Momoa. We knew it was going to look like this. Like, we didn't expect Jason Momoa to look like the comic book Aquaman by any means. And if you did, you're really naive to what was going on with this whole thing. You yeah. Know? So I I taste this. I mean, it's it's what I expected. So it's like the safe thing to do with Jason Momoa as Aquaman. I'm going to taste it, too. I mean, I, I, I've got real low expectations for everything, but... I, I agree that it's about exactly what I would have expected. Uh, better hair than Gal Gadot. But, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, he himself, he's got a Samoan heritage. And, you know, the Samoan Islands, uh, I, I think they're going to be able I to. I thought he was in. Hawaiian. Yeah, that, that, that's. Oh, I was specifically Hawaiian? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, The Rock is like 100% Samoan, right? Yes. Yeah. They they don't all share like uh, similar cultures though, do they? I think they do. I don't know. I'm ignorant. I'm not. I'm ignorant. Too. Well, I mean, it's still an island culture, and I guess that's more or less what I'm going after. I mean, hopefully they'll be able to play yeah. into that a little bit. Yeah, I'm not trying to attack you, Frank. I just that's I, okay. Yeah. I, I I don't know specifically. I just know that he's an islander. Yeah. So I don't know. Hopefully that term's not offensive. No. Okay. Um, I don't know. Yeah, this is what I expected. This is what I expected. They cast Jason Momoa as Aquaman. You gotta have him looking like a badass. I do, I do wish that in the suit people are complaining that, you know, it's not orange and green. They could have done it, but not so over the top, bright orange, bright green. They could have done it to wear the armor and they still may do this. They still may do this, people. Yeah, the picture looks black and white to me. Well, the, I don't know, in the face there might be more color, but I'd have to look at it again, but they still might do this. He, this might not be his final suit once he joins the Justice League. I'm thinking like the the orange could instead of like being like just like bright orange, it could be like a like a like a rust color. Yeah, true. And then like the green, you know, you've seen like you know like that uh, I don't know uh, that that green shit grow on boats and stuff. What is that shit? Moss, called? like or that algae. moss or algae. algae. Yeah. You could see like they they could have done something like organic like the algae on on the suit too, and that could have been the green. And yeah. I think that would have worked out very nicely and fit in with the character. Right. Yeah. I agree. Like a dark a dark green mm-hmm. that would look nice. Yeah. So, uh, I'm you know I, I, we, I, this is what I expected though. This is what I expected from him. Um, he does look like a badass. I do think that they want to go away from like you know I don't know the traditional fucking Aquaman that gets made fun of in every, you know, medium on TV. Yeah. Robot Chicken and Big Bang Theory. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm going to go with the taste it. The, 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 the suit is what I expected, so 
Yeah, taste it. Yeah, if you closed your eyes and imagined what Jason Momoa was going to look like at Aquaman, it's like you saw this before you saw this. Right. Basically, it's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine ripping the hearts out of seahorses and having people eat them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll probably happen. <laughs> <laughs> so good stuff. All right, guys. Uh, so I got a question for you about the Aquaman movie. How do you think they're going to approach this thing? How are they going to approach the Aquaman movie? Yeah. Ah, uh, shoot. Well, I guess let's play off of when it's going to come out. It's going to be after Batman v Superman, probably after Flash, right? No, I. Well, I know that it's they're there's, they're filming Wonder Woman in the fall, so that's the the next movie after Batman v Superman. Okay. So I'm not sure if it's Flash or Aquaman that's the next movie. Hmm. I really wonder. I think maybe the Aquaman movie. Aquaman movie will t- will be like a prequel, kind of. Will take place before the Aquaman we see show up in Batman. V it's Superman not a stretch at all because I mean the Wonder Woman movie, the first one. The rumor is it's not concrete, but it takes place in the twenties. The second one place t- takes place in World War Two, and then the third. R- the rumor for the third film is the Wonder Woman three, and it's not even set to be a trilogy yet. So this <laughs> is all rumors, yeah. but. The third one's going to be set in modern day. No, that's interesting. So, yeah, I, I think the same approach could work for Aquaman, too. We know it's a character that has a very long lifespan, so we might see like him throughout the history. You know, the War of Atlantis and stuff like that. I, I, I have a different approach. Let's hear it. I think that he's not even going to know that he's Aquaman. You oh, know? I, I like that. He'll be a man that just like has you know lived, kind of been drawn to the sea, you know, maybe uh, like uh, in the the Man of Steel movies, working on a boat or something like that. Oh, and, like a normal human. Yeah, I, I think that's the approach that they're going to take in this one. That's just my guess. Wow, very interesting concept. So I like it. It humanizes, it kind of you know, to coin a phrase, Marvelizes a DC character a little bit by doing that, right. adding that human element to it. Time era wise, it seems like that's a lot of jumping around, though. I mean, I know they did it with Captain America because Iron Man came out first and then Cap took place. Are you talking about the Wonder Woman That was movie? for Wonder Woman, Frank, not, not the Aquaman. Not the Aquaman. That Brian was oh, talking. so that's just 20s, the, 20, the 20s, like when they start off in the 20s and then go to the World War II and then modern day, that's for the Wonder Woman film. Right. So with that, I mean, I, I think that if they were to try to do a prequel with Aquaman 2, that might be a little confusing to try to keep track of like what movie falls where in the lineage. Because, I mean, and I know they did do that with uh, the first Cap. and Yeah, but it took us right into, like, where he is now in the Marvel right. Universe and, by the end of that movie. And all those movies make sense as they're coming out because time, like, continues to progress. Yeah. Thus far, I mean, from what we've seen, you don't have to try to think too hard about, well, when did this take place? I mean, eventually it will get that way if you're trying to, like, watch something retroactively that you haven't seen. But, I mean, thus far, as they're coming out, it's pretty well just chronological. It might be a little confusing if you got too many prequels going on. Yeah, I think it can hold on. I, I think it'll be so separate from what's going on, just just like the Marvel stuff. Like, I think the Aquaman and the Wonder Woman will be very much like the Guardians of the Galaxies and the Iron Mans and Captain Americas of the Marvel Universe. Well, they'll be very separate storylines. That'll, you'll learn more about the characters. They won't progress the the main Justice League stuff as much, you know. So, yeah, I, I do see what you're saying, Frank, because we are going to get possibly you, uh, we are going to get scenes of Aquaman and Batman v Superman, correct? Yeah, yeah. From what we've heard, not much though. But 
I just think that it'd be kind of hard to keep track. Of, like, so you got this Aquaman movie coming out. Uh, what what's what year? I don't know. Two thousand sixteen. No, two thousand seventeen or eighteen. Gotcha. And then, as opposed to that, when's the Wonder Woman one? I, okay. Okay. So, Batman v Superman is the first movie that comes out in March 2016. Mm -hmm. The second movie is going to be coming out in the fall. That's Suicide Squad. Then I think it's Wonder Woman. Then so and then and then Aquaman. So I'm guessing 2017 is when we're going to get Wonder Woman and Aquaman. I feel like Justice what? League even comes out before those two movies, though, if I'm not mistaken. Can, can you guys want to pause and we can figure this out? We can. Yeah. 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 All right. So what do we find out? Okay, 2016 is Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad, and then 2017 is Wonder Woman and Justice League, and then 2018 is Flash and Aquaman, and then 2019 is Shazam and Justice League Two. So mm. that's so we're gonna have a justice a full on Justice League Part One before we even get our Aquaman Aquaman movie too. And I, I think I, there I, is jumping around though, Frank. I think there yeah. will be too. Because, I mean, if you got the Wonder Woman in the 20s and then Justice League, Justice League in present day, and then you got Aquaman jumping back again. I don't uh, like it. The only way I'd buy it is if it was like a steady progression throughout the film. Like you could see him throughout these different time periods and then catch up. I'd be okay with that. I like the way Marvel did it. They just gave you the origin stories, then the culmination of everything, as yeah. opposed to like, okay, here's our Justice League movie. And then, okay, now you're going to watch a prequel of... You know, of Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Right. You know, because, like, even in the second Wonder Woman film, if that's the case, if they are making that, they still have her in the 40s now. And, I mean, they don't even have that in this lineup going all the way out to 2020. I right. think you make a very, very valid point. Right. It's like they're they're doing their Avengers first by doing their Justice League. And instead yeah. of building up to their Justice League, they're giving you your Justice League. And then, right. And then they're wanting you to come back for all their individual... But then again, we're speculating, too. I right. mean, none of this is concrete. I mean, we don't know that they're going to do a Wonder Woman movie in the 20s, but we're just going according to the reports that we've heard. So Sure. Yep. But, um, yeah, I'd have no problem. I'd have no problem do with them doing a prequel story with Wonder Woman and with Aquaman if they came out before Justice League was released, I'd have yeah. no problem with that. I'd actually be kind of hyped for that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it makes more sense that way. Yeah. So, okay, now we get the characters in modern day, and then the next movie, oh, let's take a step back and show you how we got here. It's Yeah, it's counterintuitive. It, 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 well, the thing is, it's like we're getting Star Wars all over again. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, we know how they got to point C, but now we have to watch, you know what I mean? Right. Now we have to watch, and it takes away from it. In my opinion. Yeah, all the peril. You know they're not going to die. Yeah. yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, I call it the James Bond effect a little bit. Yeah, It's like, you know, you know he'll be fine. <laughs> right, yeah. right. So, yeah, I agree. It'll be kind of weird. Yeah. So how do, you, how do you want them to approach the character? Maybe that's a different way to, I think as I, opposed to, like, how. I agree with you that I, I'm fine with the prequels. It's just that they would be more impactful before a Justice League movie. Yeah, yeah no, I'm completely on board with that. No, I'm just saying, like, the character himself. Like, how do you want him to be portrayed on screen? You I, know what I mean? Do, do, I, do, do I subscribe to him being a human type thing is what you're saying? No. Just how do you want it? I don't know. I don't care if you I don't subscribe really have to my a, thing. I, I don't have a way I want an Aquaman. I got to tell you, I'm not yeah. I'm not waving the Aquaman like, fan <laughs> club banner by any means. I love the Jeff Johns run, and that's where it ends. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm open. Like, I... I I hope I get a good movie, but I don't really have, like, nothing is going to be put on screen where I'm like, oh, they really fucked up Aquaman. I'm pretty open to it's whatever it is. Like, Yeah. I, I hope they that they 
make more of it though than just him smashing stuff because it's Jason Momoa. I mean, I want to see him using like the powers of the sea. Yeah. That'll be interesting. I want him to be physical, too, but, I mean, I want all of it. I don't want just, hey, he's a brute and he can hit things really hard. You want him splashing people with water, too, splashies. Right in on them motherfucking dolphins. Got water in your eye. (laughs) (laughs) I think, Jake, you brought up a good point, though, and I think we've all kind of thought this, though, is, like, you know, can Jason Momoa hold a whole film by himself? I mean, this was a guy that was going to be Drax at one point. You know, I love Dave Bautista. But I don't want to see a Drax movie. No. I want to see him with the team. I mean, that's why it's like, can Jason Momoa hold down, you know, the Aquaman movie himself? Or is this going to be another thing where, you know, like with the Thor movie, where like the people that they cast around him, I mean, there's been rumors that they want to cast Carl Urban in this film. Um, you know, and I, there's also been rumors that Carl Urban could be, you know, other characters in the DC universe. But let's say they get Carl Urban in there and they start getting like these actors in there, these high accolade actors. Do you think that they're taking like the Marvel Thor route because like they don't know what they're going to get with this guy? So surround him with great talent. That's the way to go. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. I have all kinds of speculation if Momoa can handle it. But yeah, surround him with your Anthony Hopkins and your Natalie Portmans and maybe you got a better movie on your hands. Right. I agree with that. Well, who knows with how many scripts they're having written for the damn thing. Maybe he's not even Aquaman by the time the fucking thing gets over with. Yeah. Who knows? It'll be interesting to see though. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing a trailer for it. So that'll be, that'll be fun when we first see our, uh, first Aquaman trailer. So. Yeah, there'll be some water. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just some water. No, they'll show us the scene from the whales and uh, Superman again. That'd be awesome. I have a scratch in our heads. <laughs> a source has told uh, the Daily Star that Cara Delevingne, who is playing Enchantress in the Suicide Squad movie, is reportedly seeing a psychotherapist to prepare for the role. The character, it, it, the character is basically, it's essentially two characters. She oh, plays. Okay. June Moon, who's this sweet, you know, kind-hearted woman, and then when she becomes the Enchantress, she, like she's a, a, a magical bitch. She's just a magical badass, and so two different characters all rolled up in one for somebody who I don't really think is like uh, a well-known actor. Um, isn't she? Is she just a model? I mean, is this like January Jones in, in the X Men? Well, it's, it's I, it, encouraging it, to hear she's doing some real method acting approaches. Well, don't be role. encouraged because then the, a day later, Cara Delevingne on Twitter said that there's no truth in the report. <laughs> so yeah, wah, wah, wah. no, she's really just doing photo shoots and posting Instagram photos, right? <laughs> you know, I, okay, I can. Uh, I think it'd be a good idea for her to, you know, study up on the character and, and, and try to nail down two characters. But on the flip side, I mean, if anybody needs to see a psychotherapist about the character that they're playing, it's Jared Leto yeah. playing the Joker. I mean, we've seen what this character has done to, you know, actors in the past. And, you know, even Jack Nicholson at one time said, you know, I know what it's like, at, you know, approaching this character. I wish Heath Ledger would have talked to me. You know, I wish somebody at Warner Brothers would have been like, you need to speak to Jack Nicholson. He's done this before, you know. And um, so, yeah. Well, yeah, that's a, I, I heard Jared Leto was putting on some weight, too, was something I read this week to be oh. the Joker. That that was like his method approach. So he was like gaining weight to be the Joker. Really? Was that a joke? No. Okay, because like the thing is like in Dallas Buyers Club he lost 40 pounds to play that character yeah and then in um uh 
chapter 27 when he played Mark David Chapman, the guy who killed John Lennon, mm-hmm. he put on like 60 something pounds. So I was like, no, no, it wasn't a joke. Okay. I, heard, I heard he was doing more stuff with his, with his adjusting his weight to play okay. the Joker. Interesting. So, yeah, this guy can drop and gain weight like at the drop of a hat if he wants to, it yeah. sounds like. Yeah, that can't be the most healthy thing, but Mm-mm. power to him. I mean, yeah. it shows how dedicated he is to his craft. Oh, he is. He's a method actor. He's fantastic. And people that have problems, I'm still saying that he's going to be better than Ledger. I'm still calling it. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I can't sit here and tell you to your face that you'll be wrong. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm in that same boat. I want to see it. I think he will be. I think this guy's amazing. I think, like, he's, like, you know, I think, you know, him and, like, Daniel Day-Lewis, these guys just, like, throw themselves into those roles. And I'm not saying that, you know, Heath Heath Ledger didn't, but that's, it was a cool Joker. No, I agree. But I want to see a different iteration of the Joker. I would love to see, like, Stapleface Joker and, and shit like that, and I think that Leto would just be able to pull that off. Yeah. You'll get no argument here. Leto's the real deal. I want to see, like, a Hannibal Lecter fucking Joker. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think Leto can definitely pull that off. I, I agree. It's going to be exciting. I can't wait to see that first trailer. Oof. Right. Oh, man. I don't think they're going to give us much Joker in these trailers. I think we'll get some, though. Oh, sure. We might get the laugh. Yeah. That'll be enough. I'll be excited. I, all I care about is just seeing, like, maybe a little bit of the uh, the grin, a shadow over his eyes, and then a little bit of the green hair, and yeah. then hear the laugh, and then I'll be good. Yeah. So Definitely. The I'll laugh. be down with that. Uh, speaking of uh, Leto, he told Billboard recently, and let me just quote him. He said, the opportunity to take on this nearly Shakespearean character, that's what, graf- that's what graphic novels and comic books are becoming, right? He's this beautiful disaster of a character. What a big challenge. So, I mean, this guy has respect for the character, and he's got respect for the source material. Um Great choice. I cannot wait to see what he does with Joker. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Nearly Shakespearean is what he said. Wow. Yeah, I don't think he's going to imitate anyone. It's just going to be a whole new brilliant take on the character. Sure. So, yeah. Unlike, like, you know, what, I haven't seen the Gotham, but everyone's, oh, he does a part of this and a part of that and a yeah, part of this. Yeah. It's going to be all him. Yeah. And it's going to be crazy to see. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I got some audio of Will Smith and Margot Robbie talking about Suicide Squad, uh, Deadshot, and their excitement for uh, being on the film. And I'm going to go ahead and play that real quick. Oh, let's hear that. I love uh, David Ayer. He, uh, Fury was his last movie. I just I loved what he did um, with Fury. And uh, with this character in the DC world, I also love that... Um, I'm going to get the opportunity for the global definition of, of Deadshot. Yes. It's like there has been Deadshot and little, you know, little appearances here and there, and there's an idea, but it's Deadshot isn't defined, really. So I get to be a part of the, the, the creation that will be the biggest historical image of Deadshot. I'm so happy. When I heard that he was considering taking the role, I just texted him immediately, and I was like, you better take this job. Because I'm I'm signed on, so you better sign on too, okay? Yeah, and he did. And what's fun about that is you get to play a character that's in a whole universe, and you could theoretically be playing that character a lot. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. I mean, she's rad. She sounds rad from all the research I've been doing. All right, so Margot Robbie is definitely excited for Will Smith to be Deadshot. And, and the reason being, I mean, they're doing that movie Focus, which comes out in theaters this week. They've already worked together. Sounds so, like they had a good time. Great time on set, great chemistry, I'm sure, in that movie. And it looks like a fun movie, and I'll be watching it. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I love Will Smith's excitement for Deadshot. So yeah, I love it too. That that's great. He seems like he has a lot of pride in the material and and really wants to. He's excited about being the first global image of Deadshot. We're really going to see. Right. Absolutely agree. I've been far enough in Arrow to see like in the like third or fourth episode, yes. Deadshot shows up, and that's pretty lame. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, Will Smith does kind of poo-poo on Arrow by these statements a little bit, right? What's that? A little bit of a poo-poo on Arrow by these statements, right? I mean, we do have a Deadshot on Arrow. Yeah, no, he's saying like the global one because like, you know, like, uh, this, this is the movies. Like, this is the one that people, mm-hmm. you know, everybody comes out to see. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who the actor is that plays Deadshot in the Arrow show. I actually like Deadshot in the Arrow show quite a bit, but, um, Will Smith is going to be, when people think of Deadshot, they're going to think of Will Smith after this movie. Yeah. Hopefully in a good way. Hopefully in a good way. Hopefully Will Smith doesn't ruin the character. It's, uh, it, Will Smith's not a bad actor. Uh, he's, no, Will Smith's not He's a bad made actor. bad movie choices as of late. Hey, but I mean, Jaden isn't in this one too. You got to remember, like, this is the guy that for a while was, uh, the hundred million dollar movie making machine. Every movie he put out, was a hundred million dollars, and I mean he was box office gold, big yeah. Willie Summer. So I mean that's that's you got to keep that in mind. And I mean he's had some great performances. Um, Six Degrees of Separation. No, uh, no, I'm not. Fantastic. A, I'm oh, not I know, I know. Smith I'm either. just, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to our audience right now. The yeah. people that are like Will Smith. Oh fuck Will Smith. I don't want to see Hitch be fucking Deadshot. Well, <laughs> you know what? He's made some great movies. He's made some great movie choices. He's made some bad ones. But Will Smith is an actor. Yeah, it all comes down to a good script. I mean, it's like Jamie Foxx is a great actor too, but it's like, oh, Jamie Foxx yeah. Electro, yeah, puke exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, Ray was a fantastic movie. Yeah, he's great in, in uh, Django. Django. Yeah. yeah, he was great in Django. Yeah, yeah, I love Jamie Foxx, but oh, Jamie Foxx Electro, puke so, Yeah, I mean, it all comes down to the the screenplay. You know, as yeah. talented as Will Smith is, if he's got bad character direction and bad screenplay there's nothing he's, he can do and this is one movie and if you if you dispute me i will dispute you all fucking day long i do want to see a love triangle between will smith's Deadshot, harley quinn and the joker fuck yeah i want to see a fucking love triangle i want to see some mind manipulation i want to see joker get upset at harley i want to see harley upset at joker and i want to see Deadshot just be like this bitch is crazy but here we are why the fuck are we making out (laughs) that's what i want i do want to see a fucking crazy ass love triangle between these characters yeah you'll probably get it i think i hope so yeah so i'm excited to see suicide squad i really am me too i i'm upset that um uh, you know, Tom Hardy dropped off, but, uh, who was it? Somebody sent me an email and I apologize about the actor, Joel Kill uh, Joel Killam, Kinnaman, Joel, I can't say that name, Joel Kinnaman, mm-hmm. the gentleman that's playing, you know, Rick Flagg now saying that this guy is a good actor and he's seen him in quite a few things and this guy can't act. Who are we talking about? To, um, Joel Kinnaman? Joel Kinnaman. Kinnaman. Okay. Yeah. So apparently in RoboCop, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't be that great of an actor you can't show off a full range of acting when you're when you're playing, you know, uh, RoboCop. You know, I you know. I agree. I see what you're saying. Yeah, you're just you're just there. You're a mouth, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm hoping it's awesome. Uh, looking forward to Suicide Squad. Uh, Real quick, Marvel news. 
Real quick, we're just going to blow through Marvel news we're here real do quick. A bumper? Yeah, real quick. Marvel news. <laughs> All right, Marvel news this week. I just got something, uh, just a few things that I wanted to go over real quick. Uh, Frank, what the fuck are you doing, Chief? Sorry, fat fingered something. Okay, turn the it's volume. Done. Turn the volume off. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. It is. I heard it though. No, I know. I know. It's it, totally it, audible. It, it, it dings when you accidentally touch the uh, the microphone thing. I was trying to hit space. Yeah, you hit his microphone button. See. <laughs> and now it records everything I say. Frank, <laughs> got a question so for you. Yeah, what's up? Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. Did it spice up the love life? Have you guys? Did you guys have the conversation on the drive home? Did I, you guys like like like? Oh, <laughs> did you see anything in that movie that you'd like to try? <laughs> Get it a little experimental. The only thing that I am authorized to say is I, I posted on Twitter that I took her with me to increase my chances. I'm only allowed to say that they did not suffer because of the movie. Okay. Okay. Nice. That All sounds right. positive. Yeah. A little cryptic. <laughs> a little cryptic. But, yeah, I took a positive from it. If, yeah. If there, I mean, there, there's worse things that could happen. I got to yeah. keep my fucking mouth shut, man. I love my wife. I may be a crude motherfucker, but I ain't fucking tapping my toes into that territory. Well, you're not flogging her with a cat of nine tails. <laughs> right? No. Yeah. No, no, no pain. I'm no not pain. in pain. Yeah. And a pain. Oh, that's funny. All right. Yeah, Marvel News. Uh, <laughs> I Mar- didn't go there. I didn't do that. <laughs> okay. Marina Baccarin uh, from Firefly V, and then most recently she's Lee Tompkins on Gotham. Um, have you seen her in Gotham? Have you been watching those episodes? Yeah. She's the uh, nurse chick. Yeah, I just I, I I knew you had watched a few episodes with her, um, mm-hmm. I thought. And so what are you thinking about her? I like her quite a bit. Um, the romance stuff between her and Gordon's a little—I don't know. It seems kind of forced, but I think they're just using it as a way to like bring her in. Oh, I love it! Really? Oh, she brings out so much more from Gordon than fucking Barbara did. Are That's you fucking kidding true. me? That's definitely She's true. She's fucking perfect. Her character has brought more of Gordon out on this show than I've seen this entire time. I was getting sick of the, uh, and I mean, I'm not saying he's been a Boy Scout this whole fucking time, but he's been pretty vanilla pretty boring yeah and oh my god she brings out the best in him right she she says things she makes him act a certain way around the fucking the, True, around the detectives yeah. like wanting him to kiss in public and mm-hmm. shit putting him in these awkward moments and stuff like that and i fucking love it barbara just killed the bitch off i'm so <laughs> done with her non-coffee drinking ass correctly (laughs) you know get her the fuck off the show i think they did i haven't seen hide nor no she's she's been there remember yeah she She went to her mama's and that's the last time we saw her no she's back now she's she's back in gotham dude oh you need to see this last episode i know i'm i missed missed out because i was in pennsylvania i didn't watch that the last episode I saw was where, at the very end of the episode, was like yeah. what you're talking about, how she's like, you're going to give me a kiss on the cheek. And then he goes in for the whole thing and yeah. then makes out with her in front of everybody. No, this is so. like, uh, she comes back to Gotham, goes back to her apartment, and fucking, uh, she's got two squatters living there, Ivy and Catgirl. Yeah. 
Okay. Did you see that one? No. Yeah. No, because I knew that the the last episode I saw, yeah. he was he was on uh, Catgirl to get out of his apartment mm-hmm. because she's just been squatting there. So they've been using Catgirl a lot. Oh uh, yeah, they've been using her off and on. I mean, there was like three episodes where they didn't even use Bruce, and then Bruce yeah. came back, and they're working on Bruce a little bit more. And I gotta admit, I'm not even really hating Ivy even at this point because she's coming off really creepy, and that's what they're going for, dude. Uh, uh, uh dude that plays Riddler. Nigma, yeah. Love and uh Corey Michael Smith, is that his mm-hmm. name? Yeah. Uh I did not really care for him like the first few episodes, but they're really, really starting to make his character awesome. And yeah. they're not like they're not doing what they're doing with a lot of other things, like, you know, giving us too much of something. They're just they're slowly progressing his character, yeah, and it's really awesome. It is, because they get little sprinkles here yeah. and there. And then, yeah, that last episode I saw yeah. was where he'd, he uh, he got mad at the uh, medical examiner yeah. and put the body parts in his locker. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> and then no. that was how they opened the door for Beck Aaron's character. Yeah, and Marina Backer, and now Backer. she's working as the uh, medical examiner mm-hmm. uh, for the, the Gothic police. Um the part that I, I think it was the last episode, there was like a riddle that this guy um, had given Gordon and Marina Baccarin and Lee Tompkins. He'd given him a riddle. And like I was thinking to myself when he gave him the riddle, like why didn't they go straight to the Riddler? Why didn't they go to this guy that's always doing these riddles? But right. The, and Marina Baccarin was the one that figured it out. Gotcha. And I was just like, that's kind of lame. And then that whole snake thing was fucking stupid. <laughs> oh, that snake thing sounds yeah. like the parcel tug scene. Yeah, it's like I've heard of like, you know, oh, let me get the dog. The dog can smell it out. The mm-hmm. dog can find the body. Oh, here's a piece of her clothing. The dog can go find it. I've never heard of a cop saying, well, let the pu- let the python out, and that's going to lead us to a dead body. Right. The search python, the police the python. The search python. And then, Frank, you'll be upset to know that the, the, the python did not eat her dead corpse. <laughs> well, you never – I just you were lying. That, yeah, we didn't get a scene of that fucking snake choking down her body. So, well, I'm sorry. was thinking like freak show, and I thought that'd be freaky. Well, this is not. Oh yeah, because it, it, it was a circus. It was a circus. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's just where my mind was at. I guess I, that was like the weirdest thing for you to bring up. <laughs> don't know. So did it eat the I body? Man, the body. Like that was like the natural progression <laughs> to like that. Sorry, man. I told you, man. I, I, she they, like their their whole thing was like she owned the fucking snake. So the snake is going to go on a hunt and find her, and that's yeah, what that's happened. Silly. So, and it was kind of stupid. But. <laughs> but I'm getting the impression from the show that it's kind of neat because, like, when he first showed up, he was like yeah. the lone gun, and now he's got Harvey on his side. Yeah. And now he's got yeah. uh, Marina Baccarin on his side. The captain, yeah. Even so, though she's not like telling everybody that she's on his side, like yeah. when 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 it does work without her and everybody else getting pissed at her because she's in a power position there right you know she she wants to trust you know in in gordon we trust so it's really neat to see this like little shining light of his Mm -hmm. starting to get into other people and he's got his little posse now that there are with him dude and uh even even two of the characters that i thought were like not as cool falcone and Moroni yeah. are now fucking awesome to me. Oh, mm-hmm. That's cool. They are so fucking cool. Um, because you see them, you know, and you see, you've seen Falcone be like this kind of. Sometimes he's like the he's the older gangster, and you still think he's gentler now in his mm, old age. Yep. But man, I'm telling you, when push comes to shove, you see that fire within the old Falcone just oh, come out. Yeah. Did you see the episode recently where? 
Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yep, yeah, I saw that. That dude. was intense. That was yeah, intense. it was. That completely flipped his Holy character around. Shit, dude. And then, well, with like the monologue of his revelation, like I see now that I must go back. Yeah. I'm like, Holy shit. Yeah. It's all real. Oh wow. It's good. Good stuff. There's not. There's not a lot of characters that I don't like on the show right now. I'm trying to think because I love Bullock. Oh yeah, he's great. And then the whole episode with the people who had their phobias. Uh, yes. And then he was trying oh, to make Oh, we got inroads. Scarecrow. Yeah. We got fucking Scarecrow origin. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. And then um, how he was being kind of sleazy with her, and they were at that, like, AA meeting for yeah. the people with the phobias. Yeah. And there's this chick he's, like, totally macking on, and it's so obvious. But it's funny and kind of oddly cute at the same time. It because is. he's trying to solve the case for her hmm. and protect her, so. Well, you know, we hear him talk to Gordon about, you know, this is what you need to do with the ladies and blah, 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 blah. And then we see how clueless this motherfucker really is. But right. on the flip side, he's really sweet and endearing. I thought it was real. I laughed out loud when he was talking to Gordon and he yeah. was telling her about how Barbara left. And uh, he says, well, like, I'll give you a pass on the count of you not getting laid. <laughs> Yeah. Like, holy shit. That that's gets good stuff. The show keeps getting better and better. Just keep Barbara off. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, actually it was kind of like nice seeing her back because like, you know, she kind of left Gordon like a bitch and when she came back, I mean, she's got to deal the, with the fact that Gordon's now in a relationship with Lee Tompkins. I want to see this bitch lose it and just fucking kill herself. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dude, that's harsh. Wow, that's the darkest timeline. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to see. No, she's gonna she, Barbara Keen hanging from the rafters. No, she's got she's gonna get back together with her one chick. That's gonna be a thing. No, she blew her off. She can always go back. Can't she? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Fifty Shades of Barbara. They're gonna have to hook it up somehow. It's terrible. Oh god, I don't like her though. Yeah, she's awful. Yeah, she is. She's awful. Marina Backer all the way. Hell yes, hell yes. And big, big fan of hers even from back on Firefly. Oh yeah. I loved her in V too. Yeah, so she's got Marvel stuff going on too? Yeah, Marina yeah, Backer. Yeah, she she's been cast as the female lead in Deadpool. So wow. that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So working with Fox. And her whole little sassy attitude will work great playing off of Ryan Reynolds being a yeah. smart ass. Yeah. She's going to be great in this movie. I really, I really feel she will. Um, the sad news is Daniel Cudmore will not reprise <laughs> his role as Colossus. Colossus, uh, the people have spoken. Oh, in uh, in Deadpool. So yeah, Colossus is going to be in Deadpool, but it's not going to be our buddy <laughs> Daniel Cudmore. Somebody should go back to that tweet of his where he said it proves that I'm a working actor and be like, uh, no, you're not. <laughs> Well, he did tweet about it. He says, thanks, everyone, for all the support for me to reprise the role of Colossus in Deadpool. But unfortunately, it won't be happening for me. I've had a blast playing such an awesome character over the years. Deadpool will be kick-ass with Tim Miller and uh, Ryan Reynolds. Hashtag best fans. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go get back to my part-time gig as a bouncer at the bar down the street. (laughs) Uh, Hopefully, I can be an extra in Magic Mike's XXL. Yeah, no kidding. He'll be one in the front row throwing the dollar bills. That poor schlub. Gosh. <laughs> he acts like he brought nothing to the character except for being just a big oaf. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and really, honestly, I mean, yeah, he's big, but I mean, you look at some other people, I mean, they could have got bigger. It was like it's the, not even that big. Yeah, it was like Tyler Maine in X Men One Sabretooth. Yeah. It's like, of course they have to recast him when, right. they, when they want to make him a regular character. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's ugh, when they cast these just like bodybuilder. Guys. Thoughts on leave uh, leave Schreiber's uh, saber tooth go. I, I liked it. I, I liked it. Was it was good. One of the, it was the the relationship between Lee Schreiber and Hugh Jackman in the movie were the best parts of the movie. Agreed. Like, yeah, hands down. Like I hated that it turned into a big team up against the weirdo Deadpool at the end when I really just wanted to see the final battle between oh my god and oh my god and you know the best part about you know uh, fucking Wade Wilson in that was his mouth mm-hmm. yeah and then they shut him up yeah they literally sewed it shut yeah. yeah he was amazing at the beginning where he's doing all the sword work cutting the bullet in half mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you get no more of that a bunch of conglomeration of a bunch of people's bullshit powers. I think it took I think it took some of the, these Marvel movies to like be what they are now and for like Fox to fi- finally figure out like this is the route that we need to go. We yeah. you know this is this is what we need to be doing too. One thing though about that Wolverine movie that I hated was the CG claws. They look so fucking fake, especially on like a LED TV. Some oh, see the, the, the okay. What makes them look fake to me is sometimes the claws are real, sometimes the claws are fake. Right. It's yeah. not always fake claws. Gotcha. Sometimes he's wearing real claws. Sometimes he's not. And mm-hmm. when you want to sit there and pit, pick apart the movie, you can. I mean, if you want to look for it, you can see it. Yeah, I don't like that kind of stuff either. It's like go one way or the other, keep it consistent. Right. Well, when the claws come out, yeah. they have to do the CG shit. Yeah. And that's where you can really tell the most. But they did a good job with that even on the very first X-Men film. When you watch it again, no, they yeah, did not. Yeah, really? Yeah, Brian's correct. Yeah. Like they do that super cut to like really close up so like it's like you don't have to see anything. And then just cut his claws being out. Watch it again. I will. Watch I it will. again and watch it in high def on Blu-ray. Gotcha. I own it on it, so I'll check that out. Yeah. Um, okay. Dreamcasting for fucking Sabretooth. Who would you pick? I, I have one right off the bat. If you don't have one. Yeah, let's, let me hear yours. Triple H, dude. Ugh. If the guy, <laughs> if he can't act, dude, he looks like fucking Sabretooth. Yeah, That's just Tyler Maine all over again. It, Yes, no. I mean, we've seen we've seen what Batista can do. Everybody shit on Batista before he fucking got played. Yeah. True. I mean, if and 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 a lot of what these guys are doing in wrestling is acting. I mean, in one way, oh, that's sure. all they're doing, really. Right. I mean, uh, you know, uh, it's all choreographed and shit like that. I mean, I guess if you want to see like a deep saber tooth, you're not going to get it. But if you just want to see just a fucking malicious motherfucker, I think Triple H would be able to nail it. But you'd yeah. have to correct me as far as like. The history of the character. Sabretooth I'm talking about the look, Jake. We saw he him. looks we like saw fucking Sabretooth. I'm not saying can, yeah. if the guy can act his way out of a paper bag or not. Well, we know he can't. We saw him in Blade Three. He was oh. terrible. Well, so okay, look at Batista when he was in the Man with the Iron Arm or Fist or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I mean, he I wasn't mean. a standout performance there either. Yeah. So. I mean, and you're, and you're you're talking about Blade 3, which parts of it were really cool, parts of it sucked. Yeah. I I, mean, you're kind of overshadowed by a shitty movie. (laughs) You know? He wasn't helping things. But no, for me, I'm just talking about the look. He just looks like Sabretooth to me. I I can see that. Yeah. No argument here. But I mean, there's not much to the character other than him being an animal. Is that right? Or is that not? I don't know that much about him. No, there's a lot of history with, yeah, this, there's a with lot. him and Wolverine. With him and Wolverine. A lot of history. Half-brothers. Yeah, they could be brothers. They could be related. It's never been, like, concrete. We never, you know. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Right. I'd want somebody who could do the same kind of take on it that Lee Schreiber did, where he's intense and scary. Yeah. Yeah. So, I like Lee Schreiber. I thought he was great. Yeah. 
Oh, I like Leif Schreiber, but he's still not like the look was not like no. Yeah, if if you could have if you could take Leif Schreiber and put his acting ability in Triple H, there you go. <laughs> there yeah, you go. There that you would go. work. Because basically, I'm saying Triple H because he just looks like, and people were saying Triple H was going to be the next Thor. There was that rumor there right. for a long time. Well, too. he's got that yeah. real heavy brow, mm-hmm. and he always looks like he's pissed off and angry. Just slap some fucking fur on him. You've got fucking Sabretooth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet Triple H is wishing he would have took that Thor gig after the Batista thing blew up so much. I don't think that I don't think that he was ever offered Thor. Uh, that was just him wanting, hoping, yeah. and wishing. Yeah. Um, Twenty-one-year-old actor Cody Smith McPhee. It's a cute little name. Okay. Cody Smith McPhee from Let Me In and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes has uh, been cast as Nightcrawler in X Men Apocalypse. And he said this on Instagram, I am humbled and honored to be joining this incredible project and to be able to tell the story of the well-respected young mutant Nightcrawler. Mm. Have you seen this kid? No, no, I have not. He looks like Nightcrawler. Like, <laughs> if you just painted him blue, he looks like Nightcrawler. So <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I hope um, we get to see Nightcrawler in the circus. That's one thing I always wanted to see in mm-hmm. the movies. Yeah. Like, Nightcrawler origin stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. I think they will because they're, the characters are young. I mean, yeah. they've, they've cast like all these like kids that are like fucking 19, 20 and shit. Yeah, I would love to see the mutant circus scene. Yeah. Do you think that I would like, do you want him to be CG or would you like him to be like, you know, like CG Gollum? Or would you like it this uh, Cody Smith McPhee kid just to be, you know, not just the voice, uh, not like, just the voice, but the physical actor? I like the practical way. I think if you're, if what you're saying is true that he looks really great, then, then just do it practically. He does. He does. I, th- I think he could really, he's, he's really kind of thin and gangly looking, yeah. and I think the kid could pull it off. But I've always kind of I've always kind of been wanting to see like what they could do like if they really put it into the budget with like a CG Nightcrawler with like if you let like somebody like fucking Circus be Nightcrawler or you know what I mean like or like that would be cool. or get like or get like Doug Jones to do the movements for the character mm. yeah. you know what I mean mm-hmm. the great fucking Doug Jones I mean who Arrow fucking just recently got Doug Jones to be an actor on that show for a character coming up but. I mean, if they could get somebody to do, like, you know, like, make him look kind of like Gollum, like, realistic like that, I've always kind of wanted to see that. That would be neat. Go really out there with the, kind of the demon side of the way Nightcrawler looks. Yeah. With that CG way. Yeah. But uh, Cody Smith McPhee, from the look of him, I think the kid's going to be, he'll be a good Nightcrawler. Cool. I hope he has, uh, like, a big breakout scene just like Quicksilver did. Yeah, that would be yeah. cool. Yeah. All right. You guys want to move on to Star Wars news? Yeah. We're not skipping Star Wars news again this week. No, we are not skipping Star Wars news. We've got Star Wars news, so we're going to go over that, and then we're going to end the show. Short show this week. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't add that time. Somebody suggested that. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, we and we got through Fifty Shades of Grey without 20 minutes. I know. I'm so proud of Frank. I am. <laughs> I am so Frank proud of you. He's growing up. He's all grows up. <laughs> there was a lot of ass involved. He's all grows up, and he's all grows up, and he's all grows up. Nice. Watch Swingers if you don't get that. Okay. Dingat! <laughs> <laughs> what are Misa saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. Damn, R2. Yep, (laughs) R2-D2. All right, let's see here. Um, Swingers. Have you never seen Swingers, Frank? No, never. It's a great movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay. John Favreau, 
Vince Vaughn. I know what movie you're talking about. I remember seeing it at the video store, but no. It's the movie that made Vince Vaughn, in my opinion. Oh, my gosh. This movie is fantastic. I mean, they teamed up again. I mean, they were in Rudy together. Right. And then here they are again. Yeah, this is a way old movie, right? 96. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing the cover. I remember seeing uh, Pete on the cover. Heather Graham is in it. Yeah, you'd love it, Frank, for real. Frank, it's such a great movie. This (laughs) Sounds right up my alley. (laughs) It's so good. Um, let's see here. We got an email, Eric Grubb. He says, uh, I've always wondered why with the force, it always seems to be extremes. You're either light side or dark side. There just doesn't seem to be any in between. (laughs) The 50 shades of gray side. Exactly. (laughs) I'm surprised he didn't have a lightsaber in his playroom. Start cutting off limbs and shit and then fucking her with them. Um, did I just say that out loud? (laughs) Anyway. Like an Eli Roth movie. All of a sudden. Oh shit! Plot twist: Leia knew that they were siblings. Oh, <laughs> Fifty Shades of Freaky, Incestual Freaky. <laughs> there have been gray Jedi in some of the old EU, but as far as I'm aware, there has never ever been any explanation on how one turns. Good people do bad things on occasion, but does that make them turn to the dark side? I know that if I had the force, there would be times when I abuse the power, but just because I have the power doesn't mean I'm going to start going off the deep end and becoming a villain or bad person. Maybe the force causes people to become corrupt quicker. I don't know. Would just be nice to someday get an explanation on why it's so easy to go to the dark side and seemingly turn into completely corrupt, murdering douche so quickly. Grub. The power definitely corrupts. I, I think we've seen that in a few instances throughout the movies. Mm-hmm. I think it definitely, at a, at a higher rate speed, co- right. corrupts you and doesn't allow you to be gray. I don't think you're allowed, like how he says, in a perfect world, yeah, I'd be a Jedi, and every now and again I'd do a bad thing here and there, but it'd be no big deal. I think once you do those bad things, the power does corrupt. and do, yeah. but, then I, but then I play my Yoda card yeah, and I slide it towards you. Mm-hmm. That's where I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't see I don't see a bit of the dark side in Yoda at all. Yeah. I don't feel like, and I think that if they do a Yoda origin story, if they ever show like a point where Yoda starts to go over to the dark side, I would be like so pissed off. You know what I mean? It's like, he, I don't ever want to see it. I mean, Yoda's yeah. completely disciplined and devoted to the Jedi ideals. Uh, he always approaches every situation with patience and wisdom and thought. Right. But it's easier, patience, I think. Patience, another great Guns N' Roses song, Jay. <laughs> okay. I think, uh, <laughs> I, I think it's so much easier to. <laughs> I think um, Yoda. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Frank. Finish your thought. Okay. I think it's easier to slip to the dark side because, I mean, even from ourselves, it's a lot easier to go ahead and feel your emotions. You know what I mean? We're emotional beings. And, you know, as a kid, even, you know, you cry until you learn how to control yourself. Um, being able to be a Jedi doesn't necessarily mean that. You know, you're incapable of slipping that way. It's just a devotion to uh, the discipline. So we're all fallible. Yeah. But what makes Yoda different? Is it his wisdom? Is it his patience? I think it's his patience. Is it the fact... 
I mean, and so are you saying like, okay, let's break it down a little bit more. And I mean, is it the human race? Are we the problem? No, I I think the dark force truly does corrupt. I think Yoda is is the power. The power, yeah. I think Yoda is a powerful Jedi master. He has been able to not have the temptation of using any dark side powers. And I think even Yoda himself, if he were to start on a regular basis using dark force powers, you know, if Yoda is just like, fuck it, I'm going to use all these dark force powers now, even he would succumb to it eventually. But I'm just saying from like what we've seen from the character, I've never seen a bit of that from him at all. No, he would never do that. But I, I don't... I don't think that disproves whether or not the dark force does corrupt. I think if Yoda was doing dark force shit, it would corrupt him too. It seems like it really does speed up, like it changes your thought process. Yeah, it's infectious. You can't just like say, "Oh, I'm I'm a power. I've got real good connection with the force, so I want to use force lightning. So I'll be angry this one time and then never be angry again." It's like a drug. You yeah. feed off it; it would it's, spread. It's not the Catholic religion. I can't like do like eight dark force things and then repent for my sins and then still be a good guy. It's like right. the shit fucks with your head. Yeah. Frank, I think you said something that was really uh, that that really hit me when you said Yoda's wisdom. That's what really struck me as being like on, like you hit the nail on the fucking head. That hammer, you hammer, you hit the nail on the head, (laughs) chief. I think maybe like it'd be cool if they did like, uh, here we go with my fan fiction. If they did, if they did do an origin story of Yoda that we saw Yoda as a young, you know, Padawan and then some, his best friend succumbed to the dark side. So by watching the history of his best friend, he can see what it does. So with that history and learning and seeing it, you know, I mean, I've had friends that like have started to like, you know, drink alcohol and became alcoholics. Like I can handle my drink, but I've had friends that can't and I've seen them fall to alcohol. So, you know, like, and other people that have watched like that happen, like maybe like you had a father or a friend fall to that. Then some people are just saying, I'm never drinking. Right. I'm never drinking because I've seen what it's done. Like if you were a child of like abuse that was abused by somebody that like was drinking, I'm never going to drink. Maybe Yoda has seen in his past people succumb to the dark side and through that, through that history, through that learning, that's given him wisdom and he's like, I will never go down that path. I've seen that path. I know what it does to people because Anakin never saw anybody go down that path. Yeah. He never saw it firsthand. Right. So it was kind of he was flirting with it in a way. Yeah. And 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 Yoda would never open himself up to that maybe just because of his wisdom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And another thing with it too is if Yoda's thought process is altruistic as opposed to being selfish. Right. If you're thinking more of the good of everyone instead of just the good for you, right. then it's a lot easier to be able to take the emotion out of it and not allow that to drive you then your facts and your beliefs and your idealisms will be what you follow. But on the flip side, real quick, Jake, on the flip side, had he not maybe seen that or seen the dark side stuff, then I think he would be susceptible just like anyone else. I think he still is susceptible just like anyone else. And like I was saying, Yoda's smart. I think we're both right. I think I was saying Yoda's smart enough to know not to use the dark force powers because even he himself could be susceptible. And I think your explanation shows exactly how he knows that. Is because he's witnessed it firsthand by seeing people 
that even he thought is you know mm-hmm. smart and wise as him. Once they went down that path, there you know it was very hard to come back. It's not impossible to come back because we've also seen that, right? But it's very very hard. It's not a it's not the kind of road you can go down just casually and oh, whenever the dark side of the force like helps out, I'll just go ahead and use it, and it won't be no big deal because deep down I'm a really good guy. And it's I don't ne- think it quite works like that. And it's never like a you're safe from it kind of thing. Like I'm a Jedi and that's it and that's all I am and you you're Well I think that's when you that's way. when you make yourself the most susceptible. You know what I mean? Right. If you're too, totally. If mm-hmm. you're too cocky. Right. Yeah, it's a fascinating topic. I think we've seen a lot in the movies referenced I mean because all all the you know EU stuff is gone. Um I think we've seen quite a few instances of Jedi's who've fallen. You had Count Dooku, you had uh, Anakin. Of course, I can't think of anybody else yeah, other than those two. Right. I doubt we're ever going to get a scientific explanation as to like how the dark side of the Force works because I feel like that's a little bit like sounds like midi chlorian type of shit that they're trying to stay away from. Like, I feel like that's what they consider one of the biggest mistakes of the prequels is getting all technical with all this stuff right. and leaving it more of a. A mystery is what makes it more fun. Then we can have these kind of debates. And I think it does go perfectly with what you were saying, though, Jacob, about how the power corrupts. Because, like, these Jedi who fell, they tasted power first from the light side of the Force. Yeah. So then that some of the taste of that power is what brought them on to wanting more power. Well, and, like, sometimes, like, the right way is not the... It doesn't feel like the easiest way. Sometimes right. it's the harder path. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the dark side just seems like, oh, well, shit, dude. You know what? It's almost like X-Men, you know what I mean? It's like you've got Charles Xavier who wants to do everything right and be harmonious, and then you've got Magneto who's basically saying, no, I mean, they want to kill us, we need to fight back and kill them. Right, it's the only way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. um, Great email, though. Yeah. All right, let's see here. Uh, Kingsman director Matthew Vaughn, who also directed X-Men First Class, told ComicBook.com that he'd be interested in directing a Star Wars film or possibly an Indiana Jones film. Hmm. Um, thoughts on that? I don't want to see it. No, if, if, the, if the action's going to look anything like as hyperkinetic as it did in Kingsman, I don't need to see that in a Star Wars movie. Well, let's go off his other work that he's done. I mean, he did uh, you know X-Men First Class. Yeah. Um, what other movies has he done? He's done kick some ass. kick-ass. He's done I, something else, too, that was really good. I don't feel like his style is very suitable to a Star Wars movie. I don't... Nothing against Matt Vaughn. He did Layer Cake. I love Layer Cake. Yeah, Layer Cake. A, I love Layer Cake. I think that's a great movie, yeah. too. I think he's a very capable and very competent director. I just don't... I don't know. I just can't see it in the Star Wars universe. I agree. A lot of his action sequences seem very, very fast-paced, which most of the action sequences in all the Star Wars films are very theatrical. Yeah, very romantic and theatrical. Yeah. And, and, you know, really focused on the cinematography and the long pauses and the, just the dynamics of everything. Well, this news is kind of piggybacking other news that uh, Taron Edgerton, they're eyeing him to play young Han Solo. Hmm. So. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that either, no, i got to say. Oh, he, Frank, did you see Kingsman? No. Then why are you not a fan of it? I'm just curious. Oh, I'm not I'm not having, like, an opinion on that. I've just seen pictures of him and from the previews. I just don't see him as being Han. Oh, okay. It'd be... It's not the worst one, but it's not... I don't know. I haven't seen enough from the kid to know if he could play Han or not. I, I, I think out of all the actors that have been named, he's got pretty much like the most personality that I've seen from any of the other actors that they've kind of like dropped. I'd rather see him than Aaron Paul. I agree with, I agree with that. I'd rather so, see oh, wait a minute. Aaron Paul, the Breaking Bad guy? Yeah. I'd rather see Aaron Paul. No. no not me. Not no, me. I, I definitely would. 
no. The Aaron Paul, they're still talking about him being in a movie, but it's not Han Solo is what they're thinking. Supporting role, sure. I just I just don't see him carrying Han. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I tend to agree with that. <clears throat> um, Star Wars Rebels, it's still awesome. Um, and uh, here is a rumor by, I don't know who this outlet is, who this... It's called the Bearded Trio, so I'm guessing it's uh, Jake, Jacob Harmon, and uh, maybe you, Frank, (laughs) the Bearded Trio. The rumor is that Han Solo could make an appearance in the second season of Star Wars Rebels, but it will not be voiced, of course, by Harrison Ford. Hmm. So, pretty awesome there. That'd be cool. That would be cool. So, it'd be neat to see... um Lando, yeah, and Chewbacca run into Chewbacca. Uh, his kind of analog character. Yeah, well, if you if you have him, you gotta have Chewbacca. Yeah. So yeah, that'd be cool. I'd be excited. It'd be a great season finale moment. Yeah. So, Billy D. Williams, who made an appearance on Rebels uh, as Lando, uh, he told Cinelinks that he thinks he'll show up in a future Star Wars movie. Here's the quote. But I, uh, I may very well. I have a feeling I'm going to show up in a movie. There's nothing I can really discuss about it at this stage. Yeah, I kind of let the cat out of the bag there. Oh, yeah. I can't talk about it, but I might be in a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope I'm in a movie. I mean, I call every day. <laughs> I, did we switch Are you over saying Anthony he's Anthony Mackie? Mackie? <laughs> uh, Lando, or Billy D is definitely the Anthony Mackie of the Star Wars universe. Jeez Louise. <laughs> he's so much more smooth, though. Oh, I agree with that. Anthony Mackie only wishes he could be Billy D. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking Billy D's a smooth, suave motherfucker. Yeah, I apologize. Anthony Mackie is the Billy D of the Marvel Universe. Right. No, uh, I would love to see Lando come back in in a future film. Yeah, definitely. Let's see what he's up to. That'd be cool. Yeah. Doesn't got to be big. Just drop in. All right. Got some uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens news uh, via, let's see here. Who's it coming from? Yeah, Mark Hamill. He was asked by Schmoes No if his character is different in The Force Awakens than after The Return of the Jedi, and here's what he had to say. Well, part of the answer to that question, the final chapter indicated Luke would would be terribly conflicted and might give in to darker impulses, maybe in the direction of betraying someone before realizing the error in his ways. I was completely wrong in that assumption. Mm, that's kind of cryptic. Mm-hmm. Makes it sound like he will not be a Dark Jedi at all. Yeah, well, I mean, we've heard the rumors that um, at the end of the movie that he saves, that he's going to kill Adam Driver's character if Adam Driver is playing Kylo Ren. Okay. And he's Kylo Ren is Han's son. Uh so that would be, uh, oof. That would be him giving, you know, maybe in the direction of betraying someone before realizing the error in his ways. But then we hear, like, we hear that Han dies in this one, too. That's a rumor. Yeah, we've heard that rumor since Return of the Jedi, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He, he, Han could die at any moment. He's a ticking yeah. time bomb. <laughs> yeah. Especially if uh, Harrison Ford wants to come back and do that final Indiana Jones movie. He's like, kill me off. Because, you know, if it came down to it, he loves... Indiana Jones, he doesn't really care for playing Han Solo. Yeah, he seems to not really much care for the Star Wars stuff as much as he does the Indiana Jones. That's right. his baby. Why do you think he's so burned on fucking Star Wars? Do you I think it's know. the fans? It's the fans. The, the weirdo fans. You yeah. don't get that with Indiana Jones. I mean, you get diehard fans for mm-hmm. sure, but you don't get weirdos. Right. So, 
All right, let's uh, let's go on to some more uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens rumors. Uh, an extra in the film reached out to MakingStarWars.net and claims that he remembers some lines that Han Solo speaks during the film. And here's what Making Star Wars said, as well as to what this extra had to say. This report was submitted to me anonymously. That means no question could be asked. No verification could be run of any kind. The report seems reasonable. The report might even tell us how the jungle sequence fits into the film and why the Empire is even there. That said, I'm sharing for fun... I'm sharing for the fun of it, and do not stand by this as something I can back up. So here's that was that was making Star Wars. That's their explanation of what they heard from this extra in the film. Here's what the extra wrote to makingstarwars.net. Hi Jason, big fan of the site. I did some extra work on The Force Awakens and had scenes with Ford, Ridley, and Fisher. Nothing major with no lines, but I'd like to share with, I'd like to share that time with you. It took place at Pinewood, backlot, and was a minimal blue screen affair. A few of us extras were standing in for pilots, some human, some alien. A few practical creatures were present, and the scene was described as a hideout for pirates, criminals, and empire hunters. It would appear in the second act. There were a variety of weaponry on show, which all looked like stuff from, um, I, I, I can't read, I can't read that. <laughs> I can remember a line that Ford said, I can get us in there, but they won't have a hug for me, sweetheart. Huh. That sounds like a, a Han Solo line. Sounds like, uh, sounds like they're going to be, Sounds like they're going to be interacting with huts. Yeah, I can get us in there. Yeah, that would make sense. Like he, the, they'll let him in because of who he is, but they're not going to be. They're going to hate him still. Yeah, yeah, very possibly. Well, he said, you know, um, I don't know. He said uh, a few practical creatures were present at the scene, described as a hideout for pirates, criminals, and empire hunters. Yeah, that well could be huts. I don't know. Well, we talked about how they they talked about having a couple of huts or three huts or four huts in this movie. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the only guess that I have. I think but it's a decent guess. It was a cool delivery by Ford. Overall, a good time. We have seen some concept art for several pirates, not rebels, but actual pirates. Those sequences never fit into the Sand Planet stuff. To the best of our current knowledge, we have also struggled with the jungle compound stuff and have even been questioning if it's still in the film. The reason I bring that up was it appeared early on that they learn of the location of an installation they need to get into from some pirates. I then began to wonder if in the reorganization of the film, when Abrams and Kasdan took over writing, if that info to be obtained was just on the sand planet now. So... Hmm. Yeah, those pirates, it is kind of hard to place where they're going to be, like, where that concept is, is going to be at. Right. It could be just about anywhere. Yeah. So. This might not even make it into the, well, no, he's talking about the jungle stuff not making it into the yeah. film. And the way the guy got the information, this guy could just be making this shit up just to fucking get his little story out there. That's true. So you never know. Yeah, because makingstarwars.net, they post a lot of rumors. They're yeah. probably the biggest, probably the biggest source. Yeah, I of agree. these Star Wars rumors. I agree. You see a lot of wacky stuff, so mm-hmm. sometimes you just never know. Uh, let's see here. Uh, these are other uh, rumors that come from making Star Wars net, and they could be huge spoilers. Uh, the snow planet that we've talked about. Uh, not Hoth? 
They say, I'm told the snow planet is definitely not Hoth mm-hmm. and was named Ryumi on several production documents. Well, you know, we've seen Kira listed on several things. Great point. It right. could be anything. That just, it could still be hot. Yeah. <laughs> that could totally just be code name. We don't Right. But who knows? Ray uh Ray is not Daisy Ridley's character name throughout the movie. It's an alias to hide her true identity in the Star Wars tradition, in the true Star Wars tradition, just like Padme, yeah. Amidala, yeah. Ben, Obi-Wan, and Darth Vader, Anakin. Hmm. Makes sense. Death Star. Three. I'm guessing that she's going to be related to, you know, a character. Yeah. Of course. Seems highly plausible. Death Star Part 3. Death Star 3. This is a big one that I've heard from two different people. And if true, it would be a major shock. The movie features a weapon based on a remote planet. The weapon can detect Jedi across the galaxy and is used by the Empire to hunt them down. Cerebro. (laughs) This is why some Jedi are in hiding. Jedi Cerebro. That's kind of interesting. I don't like it. Yeah. What does it do? Hunt their midi-chlorians? Does yeah. it pick up on their... You know what I mean? Are they still throwing science in there? Well, yeah. right. And to our knowledge, there are no other Jedi remaining. And to me, that's not a Death Star 3. That's just some device to It's a device, Jedi. yeah. It's not blowing planets up. I think that's just like their code name for what it is. Like, this is the new... You know, instead of like a big planet that blows shit up, this gotcha. is the new threat. Yeah. So, come up with a new name. Be original. Yeah. Think outside the box. Jedi Cerebro. <laughs> a major new ship, codenamed the Mir, is also somehow connected to the weapon. The weapon is either too large or too powerful to be destroyed. So, the planet must be destroyed. And how do you destroy a planet in Star Wars? A Death Star. Ah, this is where it comes into play. <laughs> <laughs> Leia has to make an incredible decision to use a Death Star to destroy a planet. <clears throat> The planet is inhabited apart from Imperials, the Death Star. It was being built in secret by the New Republic. Leia discovers what's been going on and then has to make a decision whether to use it or not. Wow, that's crucial, especially since the Death Star destroyed her fucking home planet and shit. Mm -hmm. Tough decisions. Yeah, Leia. This is like, uh, yeah, I mean, she watched Alderaan be destroyed. Yeah. And for her to make this decision, mm-hmm. oh, wow. Can't she justify that? I don't like it. It's just too much callback. Yeah. It's yeah. Too sketchy. Just, come on. Every, every time I hear a rumor that has that much callback, it makes me think it's less true. Right. I like hope so. Because I'm like, oh, bullshit. that's so kitschy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, we've got Kasdan and J.J. who both love the original movies. Yeah. I hope J.J. and Kasdan aren't so much... In love with it that there's so many fucking callbacks. Right. Yeah. I hope it's new and original. Yeah, it seems way too tropey to actually have another Death Star. I agree. I agree. I hope you're right. So. And then we've got to get Leia on there and she has to make the decision to blow it up. That's starting to sound more more and more like fucking Into Darkness where they're trying to flip the shit. Yeah. That's good. I agree, Frank. Yuck. Yeah, it's horrible. And J.J. did that. God damn it. True. They say, and finally, this might come as a shock, considering what all the actors have been saying, but not everyone is entirely happy with the way the movie is heading. Several people have told me they feel like they are just going over old ground with the things they are being asked to work on. 
The feeling is that The Force Awakens is a rehash of the original movie and doesn't have enough new ideas in it. Wow, just what we were saying. Holy shit. Yeah, wow, rehash city, sequelitis. The prequels were full of new ideas and concepts, but as one person put it to me, there's a lack of imagination around The Force Awakens and everything is just a riff on what's already been done. Sorry to end on that negative note, but that's a common feeling I'm getting. The info about Ray's name lines up with the rumor I never put too much stock in. The rumor is that Ray, Finn, and Poe all lie about their names to one another because of the situations they're in during the first act. I dislike the rumor because it allows people to hold on to Jaina Solo or whatever name they prefer the characters be named. So... EU characters. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Star Wars 7 News ran a similar rumor this week, but most of it could have been sourced from older articles published recently here, and strangely fails to point out that a large number of the bits in said exclusive aren't exclusive to said story. I still don't necessarily buy this rumor, as, it's, has, as it hasn't been corroborated by our most solid sources yet. Huh. Now explain that to me again. What's the rumor? Uh, let's see here. Blah, 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 blah. I dislike this rumor. Oh, uh, she's still talking about the rumor that the, that Ray and all that is code. The name, the okay. codes. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I follow all that. My bad. I thought you were talking about a new rumor. Right. No, I thought, yeah, I was thinking to myself that they were talking about a, a rumor that they didn't actually disclose the information here but it was a past rumor that they were talking about but no it's about the names okay um sorry i was confused no you're fine they say the snow planet name sounds plausible i'll take hearing a planet name over not the leia stuff thematically checks out with a lot of sources the way it is presented doesn't necessarily seem to perhaps death star is being used synonymously with super weapon in this instance yeah yeah that said, it does line up with the moral ambiguity George Lucas said this trilogy was to possess. But we've also heard that George Lucas himself has said that they ne- they didn't use any of his ideas. Yeah, this is nothing like what he wrote. Right. So. Yeah. Huh. Um. Ba-da-ba-ba. It'd be funny if this movie, like, in a, in a hilarious world, like, let's say this movie tanks and the yeah. the whole world just thinks it's the biggest piece of dreck ever. Like, right. it's so bad that people are like, episode one is fucking Citizen Kane next to this pile of crap, okay? <laughs> right. Let's just pretend that's the world that happens. Yeah. What, what if they're like, all right, let's just pretend that didn't happen. George Lucas, can we use that screenplay and do a new episode seven <laughs> and start over? Right. <laughs> That'd be crazy, right? Just Surely all. somebody'd have to tell him how bad it was before then. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I'm just, I'm just being hypothetical craziness. That that would be have to be such a low bar. <laughs> it is interesting that there's this other way out there, though. You know what I'm saying? That that there is a different way that someone wanted to go, and that someone is George Lucas. So I'd be, I, I always am going to want to know how he wanted to do it. All right. Yeah, I can't help myself. I wonder what he'd sell that to them for now. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I sold you Star Wars, but you still got to buy Star Wars screenplays from me. You know what, though? The sad thing is, is even if we all hate it, for some ungodly reason, it's still going to make a shit ton of money. Yeah, and I'm being totally hypothetically. I, I don't see myself hating this movie. I It's it's going to have to, wow. I'll be shocked if it bombs. I don't know. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still kind of scared. I'll be honest with you. I, I'm, still, is, I'm still kind of scared. This week, this news has been the most scary news we've talked about in quite a few episodes. Yeah. This, 
This kind of scares me. Yeah. All the all the kitschy. I've said from the beginning, I didn't even want Mark Hamill in the fucking thing because of all the kitschy stuff. So uh, that's not the reason. I, I want I want him and I want the originals in, it and I always have. Um, I just I'm worried about JJ and Kasdan collaborating on this. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I, I, it could be awesome. So. All right, the second rumor was uh, Star Wars dot, making StarWars.net. They were contacted by a person wishing to remain safely anonymous. This person dropped a lot of Star Wars The Force Awakens stuff, uh, they say, on our lap this afternoon. I haven't verified this person's information, but some has merit as far as I know. This source also described a photo I saw recently perfectly, and they didn't know it. So I'm sharing, and you can take it or leave it. I'm not adamant this information is correct or to the extent it is. I am simply sharing the rumor because the information is entertaining. They say this every fucking time. I hate that, yeah. We're not sure if it's true or not. Could be complete bullshit, but here it is anyway. Yeah. This will be my second food for thought rumor post this week. Blah, 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 blah. Jesus, shut the fuck up. Where can we get to the... Okay, here we go. I'll just read it. The meat. This will be my second food for thought rumor post this week. It's not really my style, but I find this report fun, and some of this stuff isn't out there in the public sphere of information. So they're either in possession of accurate information on the film, or they're the world's luckiest guessers. Okay, the implication is that basically Ray and Luke go into hiding at exactly the same time for the same reason. She is the daughter of Han and Leia, and she's tasked with protecting a lightsaber that can open a proverbial Pandora's box of evil. Artifacts being sought after by Kylo Ren are collected because they're trying to figure out which artifact will open the tomb. Luke Skywalker is guarding the tomb and being tormented by evil spirits that appear half-crazed from the duty he's been on. Whoa. Luke Skywalker. So basically, there is an evil... That is so fucking evil that they can't let it out. And that's where Luke's been for the past 30 years is guarding these artifacts. Or no, he's guarding the tomb. And then they've got to keep these artifacts out of the hands of Sith or Inquisitors or the Empire today, you know. The whole Luke thing sounds like a callback to Yoda guarding the Dagobah cave and whatever dark thing was contained in there kind of. Yeah. In a little bit, you know? That's interesting. So, crazy spirits haunt Luke as he guards these tombs. That sounds wild. This oh. sounds this sounds legit. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds this like sounds it legit. crazy beard. This sounds legit because, I mean, we know that there's there's a MacGuffin, and we find out that... that I think the MacGuffin's a lightsaber. Yeah, we've been, right. we've been thinking <clears throat> that for quite a while. Right. And... Yeah, artifacts being sought after by Kylo Ren are collected. So Kylo Ren is the one that's trying to open this tomb. What's in the tomb? Hmm. Darth Plagueis? The ancient fear. Yeah, yeah. Darth Plagueis? Yeah, sounds, sounds like some, Darth Plagueis, maybe even Emperor Palpatine. I'd rather see Plagueis. Me too. Somebody new. Yeah, hard saying. Even worse. Well, it plays into Plagueis because Plagueis was the one who, he, who could, uh, Manip- manipulate death or bring things back from the dead. Uh, he could, yeah, bring things back. He from used the, dead. the midichlorians that he no. He said that he could manipulate the midichlorians to bring somebody back from the dead. Or that's no. what Palpatine said, right? No, yes, he could manipulate correct. the midichlorians in his own body to where he would live forever. And then Anakin asked him if it could be used to create life. Okay, 
Yeah, I could see it being Plagueis. That'd be really fucking That would be, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see here. This next one is huge if it's true. Nobody knows how Domhnall Gleeson, n- knows who Domhnall Gleeson is playing. They think they do. Domhnall Gleeson was a rebel for many years, and he's the son of a huge character. I'm hearing Luke Skywalker. Maybe Wedge. (laughs) I'm hearing Luke Skywalker. Okay, wow. Luke has a son. Crazy. But he defected to the Empire when he learned that the Rebels had constructed a super weapon in secret. With less than honorable people in the Rebel Alliance now, Gleason's character is tasked with hunting Finn, while also on a secret mission to destroy both super weapons of the Empire and the Rebels. Hmm. So he's anti both. He thinks they're both corrupt at this point. Right. And he's hunting Finn. Hmm. I was thinking that it was going to be, uh, what's her name from The Hobbit? Oh, Evangeline Lilly? Yeah, I thought, I thought she, as a chrome trooper, I thought she was going to be the one that was hunting Finn. But maybe she's, she's, her, she's with the Inquisitors and she's just hunting mainly, I don't know, Luke. Yeah. Or Jedi. Hmm. If there are any Jedi. Yeah, I don't, who knows? There's so much, so much mystery. I wonder how many Jedi there really are in that world. Yeah, I don't know. So it doesn't seem like many from what we've been hearing. Yeah, I'm not buying the, the <clears throat> rumor that Luke was training Lapita Nyong'o as his Padawan. No, I don't buy that either. not buying it. Hmm. All right, let's see here. In a separate article, they said uh, the implications of Gleason's actions are supposedly huge in the film. He began this mission before his father went missing. When he succeeds in ending the intergalactic Cold War by stopping the weapons of galaxy-wide destruction, he doesn't anticipate the immediate consequences. The cost? He opens up a new front and the war turns hot as there is nothing to keep the peace with mutually assured destruction no longer on the table. The real war then begins and the fight for the control of planets and territory begins causing a conflict the storytellers hope will lead to countless Star Wars tales for years to come. Hmm. Wow, so he sounds like the linchpin almost. Right. Of like the whole universe build that's going to happen. Well, if he's Luke's son, yeah. it makes sense because like that's what, you know, that that basically like mirrors the other movies. Right, Anakin, Skywalker lineage. Yeah. What do you think of the percentage chance that is true, that he is Luke's son is? 90. Nice. So 90%. You're high on that. Okay. Yes. I'm with you there. I think I'm at about 80. I'm a l- just a little bit less sure of it than you. I'm 90% sure because a lot of, lot of Star Wars rumors, mm-hmm. I follow a lot of these, and a lot of these don't pick up steam. They stay on making Star Wars dot net. Yeah. Or right. they're just mentioned here and there, maybe on another site, maybe one, two more sites. This report made it to pretty much every media outlet. Mm. Everybody was spreading this story around. I, I really think this one has some legs. Hmm. Okay. Um, but what the fuck do I know? And I mean, what does anybody else know? No. So, but I, I think this one does. Gwendolyn Christie is his lead shock trooper. She's a chrome trooper with black and, and uh, with a black and red cape that is hunting Finn. Okay, this makes sense. She uses a lightsaber, is arrogant, demeaning, and kills indiscriminately. Her face is heavily scarred, and she has a military haircut. Yes, the ability to cloak herself did come up, and it supposedly is used twice in the movie. Neat. I can't cool. wait to see her. Yeah. yeah. This makes sense, because we've heard that she is the one hunting Finn and and uh, Jedis or whatever, and this makes sense. 
that think, she's working with Gleason. I think it'd be awesome to see her wield a lightsaber, especially after having seen her on Game of Thrones in the sword right. battles. Yeah, she's great. Now, out of curiosity, do you think that, I mean, I don't know if she has any kind of formal training uh, with, with a weapon like that, but we've seen, you know, the tri-saber, mm-hmm. how it looks like a great sword. And Gwendolyn Christie's already appeared in a show that deals with like old, you know, old school like armor and swords. Do you think we're going to see that more of that kind of style in this trilogy as opposed to like the super acrobatic stuff that we saw in the prequels? I think we're going to see a mix of both. I think we're going to see a little bit more of the old school kind of, you know, standstill battles and some big acrobatic battles too. Take a bit of both. I think they're going to go with more traditional and brute force. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. That that lightsaber, that long <clears throat> lightsaber just screams fucking brute force. Mm-hmm. That they are just coming at you and just like they will just keep chipping away and chipping away and chipping away at you. It just tire you out. You know yeah. what I mean? That yeah, thing yeah. it can keep its distance on you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how a shorter lightsaber is going to be able to really get in there. Well, I agree. With that character, I think it's going to be more brute force. But oh, sure. I think we're going to see some other stuff go on, too. Nah. I, uh, I'll see if I can't find the link. I did see a, a short YouTube video before of somebody who had, like, a, a mock greatsword like that. And they were doing, you know, all sorts of different moves. And the thing is more poetic and artsy than you think. But it always seems like there's a point coming at you or... Uh, glancing in, in the direction that they were moving. If I can find it, and I'll send it to you. If you think it's interesting, pop it up. But uh, it was a lot more graceful than I would have thought for such a large weapon. It, the the hand motions are deceivingly slow because the weapon's so large that the end of it moves quick. Hmm, yeah, I, I'd check that out. I'd watch that. Send me the link. Okay. All right, let's see here. Uh, okay, here we go. More elaboration on these rumors. Luke is hiding during much of The Force Awakens. He has put himself in a self-imposed exile and is protecting an ancient Sith tomb from being opened by the main bad guy, Kylo Ren. He goes on to say that inside the tomb is the body of an ancient evil being. Luke Skywalker doesn't know how to open this tomb, but Kylo Ren does. Luke's... Luke stays in this place. Uh, Luke's stay in this place has tormented him by evil spirits in the past. A lot of this is kind of like rehash stuff, but it's 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 a separate rumor, so th- that's why it has legs to it as well. Yeah, it sounds pretty close to the original. That's interesting that he needs Kylo Ren to open the tomb. That's an interesting concept. I don't think they want to open that tomb. Yeah, Kylo Ren knows how to open the tomb. Luke doesn't know how to open it. I don't think he, whatever. Whatever, whatever is going on in that tomb, it feels like it's having an effect on him, like kind of like uh, in Lord of the Rings with the you ring, know, like Frodo holding yeah. on to it so long, it's kind of tormented him. Like the evil presence is poisoning it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well, I'm just, I'm not saying that it needs to be open, but that if it, Kylo Ren is the one needed, if they were to open it, like well, he's yeah, he's gonna have to be there. Yeah, he knows how to open it. There's, a, I guess, there's a way to open it, and it's, it's. Basically, it sounds like that these artifacts need to be brought together and taken to the tomb, and that's what will open the tomb. Yeah, see? So Kylo Ren is on the search for these artifacts, so he's hunting Finn, hunting, you know, uh, Rey, and trying to get these artifacts from them. The Infinity Stones. Pretty much. Well, is it ever, like, questioned about, like, what these artifacts are could be? 
Yeah, I mean, that, they could be anything. That's kind of what I was just joking. Like that tri like sabers, even maybe. Of well, people? the lightsaber I think is Luke's original lightsaber. Right. Okay, and then that that's part of it. Um, I don't know what the the second artifact could be. Yeah, maybe the tri saber. Yeah, maybe that, that was Darth Plagueis's lightsaber. Could be. Because a lot of people have said that this looks like an ancient lightsaber. I think you have even said it yep. looks ancient. Mm-hmm. So, as opposed to something created new. Yeah. Which I kind of thought, like, this was like, it looked to me like somebody had, had no idea how to create a lightsaber, just made this thing, and that's why it looked unstable. But. Yeah, I always thought the thing was angry. Mm-hmm. And then we heard the rumors that they go somewhere where they possibly might these creatures might be making lightsabers so i thought yeah um, i'm not sure maybe it's just like uh they're making lightsabers <laughs> for like for finn or something i don't know what the hell not dollar store <laughs> lightsabers <laughs> yeah exactly it's glitchy but it works <laughs> uh let's see here uh where are we yeah, here we go. It is true that a simple lightsaber leads the trio to Han, but what isn't mentioned is that Han is extremely extremely reluctant to allow his daughter to be part of this plan. This source believes Rey is Han Solo's daughter. Over the course of the film, we learn she is in love with Poe, and Han Solo does not approve. Ooh, you got to get daddy's permission, and he's not liking it, it sounds like. Well, and we've heard the rumors that Cameron... Poe is going to be the one that takes over the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Another right. reason that leads me to believe that Han Solo dies in this one. He'll be like Captain fucking Stacy in Spider-Man. That's what exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> That's exactly what his last words when he dies are like, get away from my daughter, leave my daughter alone, and he sees her everywhere. Yeah. Man, that's funny. You beat me to the punch. Sorry. It was, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's amazing. That's funny. Great minds take a like there. <laughs> Um, there is a scene where there is a scene which shows Finn trying to shoot a blaster, and he is awful. It's a little in joke about how inept stormtroopers were in the original trilogy. That is funny. <clears throat> they say that Finn's family was murdered by the Empire, and he was forced into recruitment along with his best friend. His best friend is killed in the opening sequence of the film in front of Finn. How tragic! This role is rumored to be played by Pip Anderson. It is shortly after this scene that he meets his likely next best friend for life, Poe. Finn and Poe end up in an Imperial brig after being caught. Finn instantly dislikes Poe, but being in the brig, they can they concoct a plan to steal a TIE fighter. Meanwhile, Ray fast-talks a guard and steals his keycard to break them out. This is callback so yeah, much. I was thinking the same thing. But instead like, of Luke rescuing and Luke and Han rescuing, it's, yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, instead of um, Padme's best friend getting blown up, yeah. it's, uh, this guy's best friend getting blown mm-hmm. up. And, yeah. and where did that come off of? This is all making StarWars.net oh. stuff that they've got from, like, people writing into them. Gotcha. That say they're, like, sources or, like, extras on the film or right. whatever. Yeah. Um, Finn and company steal an advanced tie, and unfortunately it crashes, injuring Finn. This bit is confusing to me, but doesn't necessarily line up with how I thought things would unfold. Nonetheless, Finn being injured in a tie crash does line up with how he ends up in the wagon speeder. And the source does mention that stuff, too. 
the wagon speeder is that the one that we see Ray on that she's it's got an attachment they say yes. that she can pull the wagon in the back because she's a junker that, that makes that's sense exactly the thing I think okay there is a scene in the bar where Finn uses a lightsaber to deflect laser blasts at him and Ray says she thinks Finn has found his calling hmm. Jedi yeah they also note that Finn is a total pacifist he doesn't fight those that he doesn't fight those that killed his family, but this is the pathway to Finn being able to defend the people he loves. Hmm. They talk about Max von Sydow's character. Mm. Max von Sydow, formal Rebel Alliance veteran, now dealing in antiquities, very much like a Star Wars ver- uh, version of Brody from Indiana Jones. Hmm. It turns out that Ray has a lightsaber which holds information vital to the Rebellion, and this is hidden inside BB-8. The old guy reveals to Ray that the crystal in the lightsaber they are holding has the ability to open the tomb Luke is guarding. Yeah. If accurate, this could explain why the lightsaber is so important and why our heroes only have one while on the sand planet in the depictions I've seen. Yeah, this goes along with other stuff we've said in previous episodes with BB-8 having a uh, secret compartment yes. to hold yeah. something in and everything. So yeah, this could have legs too. Yeah, I don't think it's just this lightsaber that opens the tomb, too. It, I agree. Like, it's the crystal the and something else that it reacts with. It's like it. a trifecta of mm-hmm. items that all brought together. It's like I think it has to be the, I think it has to be that, it, I, I, I think that, 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 that's, that tri-saber, I think that's the other artifact. I, I'm guessing. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, I think it's, uh, it's, it's one, it's a crystal from the light side and a crystal from the dark side. Mm-hmm are going to open up this tomb. Yeah, you got to bring all the deathly hollows together to open the, <laughs> to open the tomb. Yeah. Right. It it goes along with a lot of uh other things that they've reported to uh, um other, you know, conglomerations of rumors, including one that they posted uh I think yesterday saying that Luke's not actually in the film like on screen, but except for the last couple minutes. Hmm. At uh um Ray brings him the lightsaber and like she puts it in his hand and that's all you see. She climbs stone stairs to where he is, which would sound like it's, you know, the place he's been guarding from what you've been saying. Yeah. So you're saying like that Luke's not in this film a lot. Right. From the report that they posted yesterday. They did a lot of filming though. Yeah. I don't, right. I don't buy that, that it's just a Luke cliffhanger ending. Right. I, mean, I don't think he's going to be in it like as much as the three primaries, but I also think he's going to be in it a lot more than just as a like a cliffhanger. Gotcha. It uh, was saying that 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 was all that he appeared in that they were trying to save him for eight, because the big thing with this one was Han's death. I'm not buying it because I'm not buying. I mean, yeah, I, I he'll definitely be in the last part of the film, and we could see Han's death. But he was on set quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and he he did different locations. Gotcha. I mean, they saw him on different locations. You know, that's been proven by drones and and everybody else. So, mm-hmm. I, I think we're going to see a lot more of him than 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 you're thinking. That that, that they're thinking. Right. Yeah. I was reporting. just reading that. Yeah. Their report. Yeah. But I do like how they're making it about the crystal inside of the lightsaber. It, it makes his uh, original or Anakin's saber a lot more important than just oh it was his lightsaber right so I think that's pretty cool I like how they're doing that cool. I just want to know if this is true I just want to know I, and I think it is I want to know what's in this tomb who is yeah. in this tomb yeah if, like is this where that that title the ancient fear came from yeah 
It you know, that, 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 that rumored title, you know, is this the ancient fear? And I'm hoping it is Plagueis because that would tie into – it would make the prequels legit in my opinion. Yeah. Is opening the tomb <laughs> what awakens the force? You know, what, what what's going on here? I'm excited too. Hmm. I think it is because without the dark side, there is no – you, you know, know what I mean? You've yeah. got to have the light and the dark. Right. Maybe and even in the trailer, they talk about the light and the dark. Right. And you have to have that's when it awakens because traditionally resurrection is more of like a, a, a you know, a light power and like role playing games and shit like that. Maybe Darth Plagueis was a master of both. That's why you have to have an artifact of the extremes of both. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's it's interesting. It'll piss off some Christians with somebody coming back from a tomb. Oh fuck! I'm uh, Catholic. Yeah. I don't care. I'll tell them to shut up. If a lion can do it, then a Jedi. <laughs> exactly. A Liam Neeson lion. <laughs> Here's the last rumor. Ray's last name. Her real name is revealed through Han Solo, much to the surprise of Finn and Poe. I'm not exactly sure why Finn would be surprised she's a Solo unless Solo is famous or something. They say she is reluctant to become a Jedi. Ray was put into hiding with the lightsaber crystal and forced to use a fake name to hide her association to her father and especially to Luke Skywalker. She is also angered to find out that her friend played by Max von Sydow was in on the ruse and was her watcher for all this time. Hello, callbacks galore. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan, Max right. von Sydow. <laughs> wow, this is a yeah. fucking mess. Ghostbusters 2 all over <laughs> again here. This is a mess. <laughs> I just want to see this movie. I know. I, you know, there's times where I'm just so excited to see it, and then there's like some, like, I'd say 50% of these rumors I love, and 50% of these rumors are just like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm just pumped. Ten yeah. and a half months away. Yeah. yeah. It's Ten not that a, far away. No. It'll, it'll fly by. Yeah. So we talk about all these rumors all the time. We don't know what's true, what's not true. Oscar Isaac said none of the rumors have been true. Remember that? None of them. None of Not them. a single one. Oscar Isaac, who plays uh, Cameron du- Cameron Poe, says none of these are true. You guys are missing them all. They're, none of them are true. Well, since they announced uh, the Star Wars movies and J.J. Abrams uh, started these movies, uh, they he was asked by BBC. He was interviewed by the BBC, and they, they asked him about these rumors. And this is what he said. There are a ton of rumors, some true, some false, but I'm grateful for everyone who would want to read a spoiler because it means that they care and want to see the movie. I know what it feels like as an enormous Star Wars fan myself. So he's himself is saying, I acknowledge that some of these rumors are true. Yeah. But I mean, trying to pick out which ones are true and which (laughs) ones are false. Right. eh, Good luck. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the world's had thousands millions of guesses so yeah. obviously something's right yep yep so yeah who knows though still looking forward to it but some of these have me a little bit more scared and a little less excited yeah some real sequelitis rumors this yeah week. it really creeped me out too yeah, yeah. And you know I'm, I'm not saying like my excitement's gone away like as soon as it's like december 17th i'm gonna be like fucking like oh my god here it is this is it the next day right yeah, as soon as we get another trailer i'm gonna be <sighs> Exactly. So, I mean, I'm, I'm still excited. It's just like some of these rumors I don't like. Death Star 3? No. No. Hate it. Um, Hated it. So. <laughs> Hated it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, give us new character dynamics. We don't need to have people reprising the same types of roles. Regurgitating. Yeah. Same shit. Right. Fuck Hate that. It. All right, guys. This is episode 80. 80. Episode 80. 80. In we the are can. taking a break next week. Taking a break next week. 
And then, Jake, you have an announcement, don't you? Yes, I'm going to... Um I'm going to be taking the steering wheel for five episodes yes. after our break. Yes. So on all aspects, I'll be taking over the Facebook, the Twitter. I'll right. be receiving the emails. The taser if I get out of hand. Yeah, I'll be slapping Frank around if he gets too <laughs> drunk and shit. So, yeah. On top of being the prude police, I'll have all that work on top of me. Yep. Yep. And the reason being, I'm getting burnt the fuck out. We've talked about this, yeah. and I'm going to let everybody in. I'm getting burnt out. I, I, I do this every week, and I look up news, and I, I got to the point where I realized, like, when you, something you love starts to become, like, it starts to feel like a job, that's when you've got to kind of, I've got to step away a little bit and get my passion back for it, because I, it's not like I'm not passionate about this stuff, but, I mean, I, I still love it. It's just, it's it gets to be a little too much. I feel like the, a lot of the weight is on my shoulders and I need a little vacation. I can understand that it can get heavy like that. I, I'm excited for the challenge. I've got a few games planned for a couple episodes coming up. Yeah. And it'll be, it'll be fun to let you sit in the passenger seat and kind of let me, me fling spitballs at you. Yes. I will love it. So. So. Good stuff. Yeah. So, but it's two weeks. Um, and like I said at the beginning of the episode, I'll let everyone know on Facebook and Twitter when we're going to do the Spider-Man 3 live tweet. We'll get that going ASAP. Larry Midday stopped listening probably two hours ago. Oh, yeah. Hopefully he's not trying to make other bumpers for other people because, man, don't quit your day job. <laughs> Holy Larry shit. Midday. Gosh. He's going to switch from making bumpers to making mail bombs. Like, what's your address? <laughs> Larry, we appreciate the effort. I appreciate the effort out of everybody. So, yeah, everyone, um, you know, just because Brian's taking a little bit of a break, don't, don't you guys calm down. You know, keep bombing us on Facebook and Twitter and throwing all those emails at us you know let's hear what you got to say army this is your show as much as ours so love you guys yeah Aww. that was sweet touching all right so uh, jake knows how to love he's no fucking christian gray <laughs> <laughs> he's not trying to flog our listeners with a cat of nine yeah, tails i'm not a man of special needs so i don't <laughs> make love i fuck hard i'm like oh boy <laughs> and i like toast that's so much of a turn on let me tell you oh, oh man he loves toast. Yeah. Did either of you guys have the impression that he was eyeing her like he was a fucking predator? The, like the entire first half of the film, like the way he was looking at her, like I she did. was a piece of fucking meat. I did. Oh yeah. Totally. That was so disturbing. Well, he's like, he's like, I, 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 I'm used to getting what I want. Yeah. No shit. He's pushy. He pushy. And it's no surprise that he kept telling her to come the whole fucking movie. Yeah. yeah. Every time he wanted her to come with him, he'd say, "Come." Oh, brother. Like, that's not a fucking double entendre. Yeah, yeah I gotta admit, like, it's, it'd be a lot more interesting. Uh, this movie's a lot more interesting if the movie would have been called, you know, Fifty Shades of Jose. <laughs> Cause, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, nice guy. She should have ended up with him. She should have been with Jose, honestly. He's a nice guy. I don't want to see her. This Christian Grey guy's a fucking creepo, but. He's the fucking Jacob. Team Jacob instead of Team Edward. Yeah. Oh He's yeah, the Jacob. That's hilarious. Yeah, but he doesn't. Oh but, but, <laughs> but he doesn't wolf out or anything. <laughs> Take his shirt off, and he doesn't yeah. have abs. <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll have to. Well, the first one, uh, uh, Taylor. What's his fuck? He was a uh, long-haired hippie dude. Yeah. He didn't have his shirt off until the second one. What? Hey, when uh, Christian Gray first took off his shirt, and you saw like the little 
the little red dots on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Did they explain what that was? Like, was that his mother? Because she was a crack whore or something? Was that, like, burnt crack rocks on him? Or they what the fuck? They never said anything. I always just assumed that it was, like, cigarette burns could for the be pain. Anything. It could be stuff that was done to him when he was a submissive. They look yeah. like little cat nipples. <laughs> I, when I saw him, I was like, why the fuck does this guy have cat nipples That's on him? Hilarious. Can you milk me, Greg? Yeah, you got nipples. <laughs> you can milk anything with nipples. Oh, shit. All right. Well, episode 80, whatever. Uh, we won't see you next week, but we'll be back in two weeks. Episode 81. Who knows? Jake has taken over, so who knows what the fuck we'll be talking about, but I'm looking forward to it. All the Jar Jar news you can you can handle. Oh, my God. Anthony Mackie News Central. Oh, yeah. Didn't you have Anthony Mackie News? Uh, we'll save it. Save it. It's <laughs> ongoing. It's good stuff. It never ends. It never ends. <laughs> all right. We'll see you next week. And just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage, and thanks for listening. Later, y'all. Peace out. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it. Can erase it? Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.